because after dinner everyone ought to have a cigar. So I tried it. Well, the rest is history. I'm still smoking Stogies. I love it and he introduced me to something really good. And I know now the next question. Knowing you, uh, being the interviewer that you are, digging in deep all the time, you will say now, what does your wife think about that? Let me ask you something. When my wife's father has introduced me to Stogies, what is she going to say? She's not going to say my father made a mistake because her father never makes a mistake. So therefore, it is okay. I can smoke Stogies around her. I can smoke Stogies in my house. First of all, because her father introduced me to Stogies. And second of all, because I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my Stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. <laughs> Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As always, I am Ross Bacon. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And tonight, of course, we are joined again by lovely return guest, Steve. What's going on, buddy? Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Nice to meet you. <laughs> As you can tell by now, we are fully ready to go with our Arnold Schwarzenegger episode, which is the last week of Valentine's February. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, this is this is my pick. This is my second pick. And I, I fucking love this man. He's just amazing. We will get into pretty much everything that he's done, but we'll specifically be focusing on Predator and the first two Terminators. Um, and oh, we're going to watch a lot because I watched a lot of Arnold. Uh, yeah, I watched a good amount of Arnold this week. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So before we dive into all that, why don't we uh, start with our lovely guest who's got a beer. What you got, Steve? Thank you. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, so right now I'm sipping on round guys brewing company out of lansdale pennsylvania nice the last waltz mm. a baltic porter at a hefty 9.4 percent alcohol <laughs> for volume nice yeah that's a uh, my second beer that i'm gonna have is over 10 so that's gonna be fun now we're having fun now we're having fun yes <laughs> so mike what do you got all right, so I'm continuing with my uh, picking breweries that I love this month. And obviously there are more than four breweries that I love. So sorry to the breweries that I love that did not make it. It was a matter of convenience where I could get them locally. <laughs> right. uh, but so I'm going with Cape May Brewing Company this week. And I have their chocolate covered strawberry milkshake IPA. Nice. And by God, it tastes like a strawberry milkshake. Like it's weird. I like Pretty it, well. but it's weird. <laughs> Uh, but it is a, where's it at? 7.2% alcohol content, which is right about in my wheelhouse. Like I like generally somewhere in the 5.5 to 7.5 range. Yeah. That seems, that seems a little low for like our recent stouts. So like, I feel like all of mine have been like 10. This is an IPA, not a stout. Oh, I thought it was, a, I thought it was like a, a stout. Like a milkshake. It's a milkshake IPA. Yeah. And it's like first taste milkshake aftertaste ipa it's it's interesting oh interesting all right well i have returned to old faithful because it's the arnold episode i fucking love everything that guy does so i went back to the brewery that i love everything they've done and maybe people can take a wild guess what it's going to be because i did it two out of the four weeks for this now i bet three. they're going to get tired of us shouting them out on instagram <laughs> yeah right yeah. please stop mentioning us we are ship bottom brewery, brewery again but this time 
I'm doing Swell Dorado, which is their double dry hopped IPA. Now, I picked Swell Dorado for one because it's one of the few beers on here that I have of theirs I haven't reviewed on here, but also because it's it sounds like something that Arnold would say in one of his movies. You know, it'd be like, you know, one of his like kill lines, like in Running Man or something like that. You know, yeah. Sub Zero, now Plane Zero. It's like, here's El Dorado, now Swell Dorado, Dorado. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it's it's really good. And yeah, yeah it's 8.5%. Uh, so it's it's a good start. I'm going to have a different one for uh, at our at our halfway point. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, again, Chef Bottom. Love these guys, and I love Arnold Schwarzenegger. So why don't we get into them? Um, why don't we start off with what, which movies other than the ones we're going to focus on we actually watched? So Steve, did you do any extra credit work for this? <clears throat> what did I say? I, I watched definitely some YouTube clips of uh, Hercules in New York. <laughs> Hercules. <laughs> to, um, Hercules. 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 Who is this person trying to say he Hercules? <laughs> There's no one greater than Hercules. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I was uh, definitely some uh, choice clips from uh, Pumping Iron when I was at the gym this week. Of course, of course. Um, now, what, uh, what did I watch? I, I actually did watch Raw Deal based nice. on your recommendation. I'll, I'm going to let you talk about it. It's such a good movie. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely like an unsung hero from like that 80s that pantheon. Yep. Um what else I see? Yeah, I, I did watch True Lies this week. Yeah, and yeah, we um, just had it on. <clears throat> and I watched some of the, you know, we can kind of beat up on, on the remaining Terminators, but uh-huh. I did subject myself for as long as I was able to, to Dark Fate uh-huh. because it was on, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And a little bit of Genesis. Woof. Um, An absolute woof. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like, I was going to, I, I left it off the list. I was going to watch Eraser just because I feel like that was kind of the beginning of the end. For, yeah, for, for essentially. The, yeah, so that, that was his post true life. No, I guess you could say it last action life. hero was probably the beginning of the end because that one, I remember they played it up. And this is back in the day, a little, <laughs> a little, a little before Mike's time. Right. But <laughs> that movie was a little kind of a big deal in 1993. It's and huge. It was a and uh, what's his name? A uh, Tyrion Lannister? No, nope. uh, Tywin Lannister. It was Chucky the, Dance was the bad guy. Yeah, the bad guy in it, um, and really good soundtrack. Some some good AI yeah, Allison change tracks on that. Yup. The but, we die young. We die youngs on that. Is that which one it is? No, no. It's uh, I think a little bitter. And no, no. There's some B sides. And what the hell have I? Yeah, that's the one yeah, I'm thinking yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Oh, and uh, before he became big, Ian McKellen playing Death a la Seventh Seal right. in a scene in that movie. Right. Anyway, uh, really long with the way of saying it, it was not a good movie. No. <laughs> it was pretty lame. And Eraser, also not what I recall as being a, a good movie. And that kind of was, mm-hmm. kind of that's where the downward spiral really started. So not to start it on a down note, <laughs> but uh, yeah, ch- ch- trying to like see where did it all go wrong. Right. And, and that, it's, it's right around the It's right in 1994, 95. Yeah. Um, and it's where did it all go wrong in his acting career because he picked well, it right up with politics. Well, wow. it was it was right around that time that I think he started banging the nanny. So it's right around then when he had his kid, I think. Now <laughs> having fun. Yeah, his his, his bonus kid. <laughs> but uh, Mike, what did you watch? All right, so I watched Running Man. Uh, I watched Twins, which was absolutely glorious. It was nope. it was fantastic. Enjoyed every minute of it. Oh yeah. Uh watched Total Recall. I watched Kindergarten Cop, which is one of my favorites from childhood. I loved watching Kindergarten Cop as a kid. 
Uh, what else did I watch? Last Action Hero. Uh, I subjected myself to Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Allow me to break the ice. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice yeah. Age. Uh, and I watched the Expendables. Wait, which one had him in it? He's in two. He's he has a cameo in one. He's fully in two, and I think he's mostly in three. He's All definitely. Right, so I watched. Two. I watched two recently. Uh, I've seen one before, and I've never watched three. That's one with JCVD is the bad guy. That's two, two. because yeah. three is Mel Gibson, isn't it? Am I thinking that right? It's three Mel Gibson. Yeah, I know that's the one with Ronda Rousey in it. That's the one without Bruce Willis because he wanted like a million dollars a day. And they were like, no. Uh, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> don't get me started. Right. But um, yeah, so <laughs> I, other than Predator and the first two Terminators, yeah, I didn't dip my toe into um, four, five, and six for him. No, three, three, five, and six for the Terminators. He's not in Salvation. I mean, his face is, but it's right. not the human himself. Oh, I did watch the clip of him with like his yeehaw ass accent in three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And his like his like heart glasses or star glasses in the beginning. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just an amazing mistake of a movie. But um, yeah, I watched Red Heat, which is him and Belushi, uh, not not John Belushi, Jim Belushi. I should make that uh, clear. I watched Raw Deal, which is one of my favorite sleeper Arnold movies. Um, I watched Total Recall. I watched Terminator, Terminator 2, Commando. I watched Running Man. I watched True Lies. And I'm trying to think if there's anything I'm missing. That's it? But yeah, that seems like it. Oh, and Twins. I watched Twins as well. But um, yeah, I had fully had plans of watching Conan the Barbarian, but I just kind of ran out of time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I had to, had to go to work and spend time with my family. So <laughs> I didn't watch True Lies specifically for this, but my mom actually loves that movie. So I've seen it several times so good. yeah we just had it on like yeah. um we had it on most of the day until robin <clears throat> got upset that the the people were hitting each other so we took it we turned it off and then we turned it back on briefly after she went to bed <laughs> so but yeah so it's a pretty good um oh, oh wait i forgot i also watched maggie i watched maggie which is the one where uh how was it, that it's, it's surprisingly fine yeah. um he's really good in it because he's actually like acting He's a father whose daughter is slowly becoming a zombie and he essentially has to make the decision to either put her down or send her off to quarantine where she'll essentially be put down anyway. Um, and it's, it's really good. It's, I think it's like the first movie he's ever actually cried in maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen him really crying anything, but um, yeah, it's, it's actually surprisingly good. It's short. It doesn't out overstay its welcome. Mm-hmm. Like a movie like that can, can do. But um, Breslin's really good in it. And um, I'm trying to think of, uh, she's in, excuse me, I'm trying to think she's in the live action Jeff Daniels, uh, 101 Dalmatians. She's the British girl that he falls in love with in that. She plays like an aunt or something in that. She's not Arnold's wife. She's like his sister, I think. Uh, but um, yeah. She's talking about Emily Breslin. Yeah, no, no, no. What yeah. the hell? No, um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, she's... Uh, She's she's in it, but she's she's fine. But the movie itself is perfectly fine. It's 
it's no like sabotage where like you kind of hate yourself after watching it you know and it's not like end of days where it's like just so insane that you're kind of right you're a fucking choir boy compared to me (laughs) (laughs) it's like it's just not one of those movies where you're like what the hell am i watching like sixth day where it's like oh it's clones okay fun (laughs) the only thing it has to contribute is like more choice clips to the arnold schwarzenegger soundboard exactly which you know again another back in the day thing oh god that became a running a, a running gag for the for us at like like freshman sophomore year where you you know yeah. at least in, in my business school you know we got laptops in college and somebody had like that was the Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard and we would do yeah. prank calls with the Arnold Schwarzenegger sounds it, that made a brief comeback when smartphones first came out because there exactly. were a ton of apps that were just soundboards that I think we that also all... yeah no good that were so like me and my friends we had a I think we had the Arnold Schwarzenegger soundboard. We had soundboards for like Step Brothers and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm fairly certain that uh, what was it Stern? Was it Howard Stern that like did that first? Where you do like prank calls with with the Arnold soundboard? I think so. I yeah, think that's how it started. When we first identified it, but then it was yeah. it was such a good, and then people would like improve upon it. And, yep. I mean, it became like a big enough thing. Like, like my parents were in on it at the time. Like, this is like circa o two, one o two. It was so good. Probably the start of the internet. Me, you know internet humor that we take for granted these days yeah yeah he's and he's like perfect for soundboard like sound clip memes yeah like he's he's all of his one-liners are beautifully crafted and even more beautifully delivered you know that man's accent makes so many things absolutely hilarious (laughs) but the best part is and this is why i love him so much he gets it like he gets the joke and he's in on it. <laughs> How can, so my favorite thing about Arnold Schwarzenegger is he is like, if you think of actors that represent America, he's like way up there, like patriotic actors born in Austria, right. <laughs> born exactly. and raised in Austria. Yup. Yup. <laughs> But yeah, he's, for some, for somehow he's always the patriotic war hero. <laughs> yep, he's always a guy named John. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's always, you know, the American soldier, like and, special forces guy. And like whatever country he's from, it's like not Austria. Nope, it's like Dutch. Or yeah, it's you know. Or in red heat, he's Russian. Right. He's a Soviet yeah, in that. It's, it's always like <laughs> some other country that's not like the most obvious one. Right. And like it's not like he can cover up his accent at all. Like he plays. He plays Americans and everyone's just like, got an accent. Cool. <laughs> right. I think, is it Bill Burr that mentions like he's like the only guy actor that's ever had an accent start off and it's somehow gotten worse as the more they lived in America? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, 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 it's so good. And one of my favorite parts about him is that he absolutely, um, he was a self-made millionaire before he even got into acting. Like he came over yeah. here, he was the bodybuilder, he won all his bodybuilding times, and then he was a real estate guy in California and yeah. he made a, million, a couple million dollars off that. And then he was like, I'm great at this. He was I'm doing that an actor. He was doing that while he was doing the list. Well, that's a yeah. Bill Burr's like, he's like, he's the ultimate representation of the American dream. He comes over here, he makes millions in bodybuilding. After that, what's he going to do next? Acting, of course. You can't understand a word he says, but he's going to make it work. Right. Yeah. And like, then, what what's next, after though? this? Going to be the governor of California. I'm going to marry a fucking Kennedy. No, the fuck you're not. And boom, he does. That's <laughs> <laughs> not him. You can't do that. And he does. But yeah, it's 
everything i mean now he's kind of it's funny because now he's obviously um after being the governor of california and you know he's he's an out and proud like republican but he's not he's like an old school republican and he's very vocal like as vocal as he is about you know trump or whoever the weird thing is it's like there's that but yet he's somehow still like arnold schwarzenegger action star right you know it's that hasn't taken over his personality or like public image really you know people look at him and they see him like with his little miniature horse and pony that he has and all that like feeding it carrots on instagram and shit like that but <laughs> yet my first thought when i look at the guy is oh my god that's still the terminator you know exactly. and then of course you have like a new movie every four years where he is still the terminator <laughs> hard to get out of your head <laughs> yeah so, so with that mighty are... introduction should we get into predator well, first? Yeah. should we do predator first yeah, yeah, we'll do Predator first. Probably because we got more to say about, well, both of these have gigantic what-the-fuck-happened franchises with them. Yeah. <laughs> and he is, he's uh, fortunately, I guess I would say, only associated with the first Predator movie. Um, he's briefly mentioned in a couple of the others. Um, I know he's mentioned in two. I think he might be mentioned in The Predator at some point, but I not think, by name. I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're going to talk about Predator 1987 now, which is directed by the legendary John McTiernan, who has done previous movies that we've talked about, uh, Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance. He also did Hunt for Red October and the Thomas Crown Affair remake in 99. And he also did with Arnold, Last Action Hero. <laughs> so, and I think he also just did some time. Yeah, he yeah, he went to jail for something. I think it was like taxes or something. That seems to be the thing. Something like that, or like perjury about taxes. Yeah, and, uh, something that's like that. weird conversation my friends were having. They're like, if the purge was real, I cheat on my taxes. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, how, why not? how does tax how does tax fraud work in the purge universe? If I do my taxes on that day, am I going to get arrested on a later date because it gets caught later? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like is it like a grandfather clause kind of thing? It's like you cheat on your taxes on purge day. You know, it's like oh, okay. or do I have or do they have to do I have to cheat on my taxes before the purge day so that they are evaluated by on the purge? Right. Yeah, that's the big that's the big question with the purge. It's like, can you just like, you know, jaywalk, shoplift, you know, do all the little petty crimes, you know, like identity theft, you know, break into someone's, you know, Gmail and send their bosses hateful messages under like their name, you know, shit like that. You know, but I'm gonna go feed all the animals at the zoo. Yeah, right. Just let them all go, you know. (laughs) But that's in the director's cut of <laughs> right yeah, it's all the all the bonus features around like just the normal people that don't want to murder anybody they're just going around you know driving on the left side of the, the road. purge average <laughs> guy right <laughs> so well speaking of purges and i think that's kind of the probably the predator's goal is to just purge all of the 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 humans from the jungle at least in this movie but, i don't know because um, there's a specific plot point where he doesn't go after someone because they were unarmed and it's not fun sport because he's the ultimate hunter yeah it's uh, so i don't think hunt? his goal is the purge i think his goal is to find the best prey well yeah so yeah so we got and god there's so much about this movie that is just amazing you know like from beginning to end it's all just phenomenal and <laughs> The first thing I noticed upon rewatch is the fucking score to this movie. Yeah. It's I so awesome. Totally <laughs> agree. To the point where I was like, this movie is like 90% driven by score and action scenes. Like, I don't think dialogue, has, like it's score, action, and one-liners. There's no actual dialogue. It's all one-liners. 
Now, and who did the score? Alan Silvestri, who also did the score to Back to the Future. Right. And who also most recently did the score to The Avengers. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like, oh shit, the Predator and Thanos are going to go at it. <laughs> that, that's a reasonable, yeah. He is that good. Yeah, he is. Uh, He's got that telltale shimmer, you know. Right. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but oh God, this. Then, then there's the other aspect of this movie that I love is like every time you watch it, like no matter where you watch it, like I'm watching it obviously in towards the end of February, it's mm-hmm. cold as shit outside, but I'm watching it and like sweating. Yeah. Just because you are like, you feel like you're in the heart mm-hmm. of the sweaty, like jungle, you know? You watch it with a red polo on while smoking. A <laughs> exactly. Right. And I was wearing, no, I was wearing my, uh, my polo shirt with a tie. What is this fucking tie business? <laughs> Cause the CIA has got me pushing too many pencils. <laughs> Carl Weathers. Yep. I, mean, I love Carl, Carl Weathers. Mel Duke, Shane Black. Just the whole. <laughs> yeah, just and, and also by the way, I mean for twenty twenty one, I mean a very diverse cast. Absolutely. Everyone's represented. Yep, we got Billy the Indian tracker. Yeah. Or Native American tracker. But um, yeah, you got you got the black guy. You got two black guys. Mm-hmm. You have you know the Austrian American. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Jesse Body Ventura, who is the all-American, right. all-American Minnesota boy. Um, and then there's Shane Black, who's mm-hmm. like the guy with the jokes and glasses. And then there's Poncho, right. who I can never remember that actor's name. Yeah. He's like the good-looking guy. Yeah, you know, but, he's but like the, uh, Mexican. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Richard Chavez. Yes. Yeah. So and, it's like uh, there's that and Billy. Native American. Yep. Native American, yep. Now, the best part is there are three politicians in this cast, though. That's right. Arnold, Jesse, and Billy. He was, he's like Re- in Kentucky or something, or Kansas or something. Rest in peace, Billy, though. He passed away a couple of years he ago. He did. That's yeah. right, yeah. And uh, Bill Duke, I think, is still with us. He's still kicking. Yeah, yeah I think Bill Duke's still with yeah. But, um, And Bill Duke so. plays a politician in X-Men. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But, um... He yeah. also plays a Green Beret that's going to kick your ass <laughs> in, in Commando, Commando right. which also the other tied Commando is that they both apparently take place in the same country, Val Verde, right. fictional Central American country of Val Verde. Yeah. So some could say that Commando was a prequel that due, due to uh, due to Matrix's uh, activities that might have been what attracted the Predator in the first place. Yep. You could also link, you know. Uh... You probably like raw deal to that too, because he's like ex FBI, but also you know, got to be some sort of special forces. How big this fucking guy is, so you know he's maybe getting sucked back into the life, you know, after that, Mm -hmm. like after getting back into the FBI, doing double time with you know the armed forces again. (laughs) There's a massive. I gotta see if I can find the meme. There's a massive multiverse uh, theory that canonically links Mario to both Alien, Predator, like Mario the video game to Alien, Predator. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, think, I think his actual name from the movie was Mario Mario. That's right. And Luigi Mario. And Luigi Mario. <laughs> but no, this link, this is not like the movie. This links the video games to nice. Yeah, nothing should link that movie. I'm saying, well, that might be canon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Potentially. <laughs> Yeah, they they should have done. They should do like a modern like Switch remake of the movie as a video game, exactly. <laughs> like Dennis Hopper's likeness as Bowser. <laughs> <That'd be> <laughs> rest in peace, Bob Hoskins. Now yeah, Mario. That's right, and rest in peace, Dennis Hopper. Yeah. You know? King Koopa. Right, but um, yeah. There's the create like then there's the like then there's just the the 
the different obviously the one-liners but then there's just the various different like grunt talk i guess i'll say like whether they call the giant minigun old painless <laughs> you know because i don't know i feel like if you get shot with that you're feeling some pain <laughs> you're probably absolutely feeling some pain with that which comes back in t2 by the way so mm-hmm. we'll be talking about that gun a second time <laughs> but then of course there's sven Thorson who does make a brief appearance in this. <laughs> well, this guy never heard of LaFours? <laughs> he don't know who LaFours oh. is. <laughs> so I found, <laughs> I found the multiverse theory. Uh-oh. So Mario's first video game appearance was with Donkey Kong. So Donkey Kong and Mario exist in the same universe. Yes. Then Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong exist in the same universe. And there is Diddy Kong Racing, which includes both Banjo-Kazooie and Conker from Conker's Bad Fur Day. The final boss in Conker's Bad Fur Day is clearly a, a, a xenomorph, <laughs> uh, okay. which also lines up with Alien versus Predator. So we've already established the link between Mario, Alien, and Predator. Uh, and then you have Archie versus, Al- versus Predator. <laughs> Archie? Like yeah. Archie Comics, Riverdale, Archie? Yep. Okay. And then Kiss shows up in the Archie comics. Yeah, they have to and show up Kiss everywhere. also shows up in Scooby-Doo. Now, <laughs> Scooby-Doo has a movie with Santa, and Sonic has a TV special with that also includes Santa, which ultimately links us to full circle Mario versus Sonic at the Olympic Games. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Someone put a lot of thought into that one, and I'm not sure I want to know who that person is. Sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty airtight to me. Yeah, yeah there's no way. <laughs> You're not punching any holes into that. <laughs> Ironclad. Right. At the very least, we can link Mario to Alien and Predator being in the same universe. Well, yeah, I'm sure at some point in, like, the um, Nostromo or whatever the ship is that – I'm sure that the uh, the xenomorph goes through a pipe at some point, so they can probably say, you know, the warp drive, like the warp pipe that he has, that Mario has, yeah. probably puts him on a ship at some point. Yeah, and <laughs> like he is on a floating ship at some point. As long as Mario jumps on his head three times, Mario will win. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and Koopa looks like a creation from the Prometheus goo. <laughs> I think, like, if you drop that on a turtle, he's an engineer. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> You're probably pulling the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles into that too, and. Oh, there's all, yeah, the secret it's of the all, ooze. Yeah, there's all kinds of It all of comes stuff. together. It's like, uh, <laughs> oh, you bring Prometheus into this, too. I think we can make a whole uh, string of connected universes. Well, Prometheus is an Aliens movie, no matter what uh, Ridley Scott says. <laughs> oh, it <laughs> is. But, like, <laughs> we could go down a whole other rabbit hole of Lincoln movies together if we add in Prometheus. Well, I think it's, it's always fun. It's always a fun, like, thought experiment to do, to take, you know, like, one actor, and then look at their career and try to link their movies together, their characters together, like in sequential order, just like what would have to happen to, you know, this person to get to this and all that. Like we did with Arnold, you know, he's, um, he's in raw deal, you know, he's in commando. He's in uh, like, all these guys are somehow the same person, you know, but with all of Arnold's characters, you could really do that because for the, the golden years of Arnold, the eighties, they're all essentially gigantic men who can perform incredible feats of strength. They're all yeah, armed. Seemingly, yeah, and they're all armed. They're just in normal situations. <laughs> but, like, they're always just, like, a dude. You know, there's somehow a dude who happens to look and be Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know? They're like, what's it, what crazy situations can we put this Austrian bodybuilder into next? And, right. boom, that is the formula for an Arnold movie. <laughs> right, yeah, until, like, the late, until, like, the after the governor years where they were, like, oh, 
he actually probably wants to, you know, he can afford to just be in whatever he wants to be in, you know, it's, it's like he can do whatever he wants I, now. Are we making Arnold and Danny DeVito twins? Yup. <laughs> it's almost too perfect. Right. But, <laughs> It'll never work. But, but, but I think I, I never saw collateral damage. That was like a big comeback, which wasn't that big of a comeback. Well, the yeah. tricky thing with that was they were going to release it and like 9-11 happened and apparently it had like a big plane crash at the end. In oh, okay. So it got pushed and I think edited or maybe just pushed far enough that people were like, maybe they don't remember 9-11 and then they released oh, okay. it. <laughs> but um, yeah, that I one, knew- that's another like Valverde. That's like mm-hmm. another like South American country drug lord. He's got to kill somebody for some reason kind of thing. I think my new dream after watching Twins is that there is an Always Sunny episode where Arnold shows up as Frank's long-lost brother. Well, they did do that with, um, I'm trying to remember the actor. They did do Frank's long-lost brother or something like that. Oh, yeah, with uh, Delfino from uh, right. Big Lebowski. Right. <laughs> but but yeah. I needed to be Arnold. <laughs> yeah, but to, get, to make it be Arnold, that'd be great. Yeah, and allegedly... At some point, I know they've been talking about it for years, um, they want to do triplets, which is with Arnold, DeVito, and I think Eddie Murphy has been like the third one that they want to throw in there. Mm. Um, I, I don't know how that will years come too out. Late. Yeah, it's, it's way too late. But um, it's kind of like, you know, wait, wait and see how Coming to America 2 does. You know, then maybe move forward with the Eddie Murphy renaissance. Right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but all that to say, Predator is an amazing movie. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's so like 80s in the best way. It's the best. It's it's such a great action movie. Like it doesn't it's not trying to say anything bigger than dudes are like like special forces are in a country for nefarious reasons. They find out they might have been double crossed and led astray. Oh, oh, they got to fight an alien. You know, it's it's like well, it's there's three, nothing bigger than that. It's three different movies in one because other than the first two minutes with the, with the spaceship coming down, you wouldn't know. You would think you were just watching com- like a, a, a version of Commando. Or, right. You know, like them going in, taking on out oh, there, the Russians. Yep. Played by Sven Olthorsen again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, with a pretty graphic uh, assassination scene there. I remember thinking, ooh, that was pretty. And then you're like, yeah. and you're all geared up like, all right, let's take out the, you know, these mothers. Yeah. And they, they do, but one of the, my, probably my top five, like best action scenes, with the, them taking down this kind of narcosi slash Russian yep. Valverdian cartel. Yep. I'm going to call them a cartel. Yeah, they are. Um, Why not? And uh, it's just fucking awesome. <laughs> it's just great. And that's, the, of course, that, that features like the, the obligatory Arnold feat of strength. Because mm-hmm. he lifts up that right. truck and right. then just lets it go. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he, he does that lift like in he lifts up the uh, exercise equipment in Running Man. Right. He lifts up the car in Commando. Yep. He uh, what does he lift in Total Recall? Oh shit! I just watched it. He it's in the beginning. I think it's I think it's when he first realizes that like he when he starts freaking out. I think it's right after he first starts mm-hmm. freaking out. Um in in Recall. Oh, oh he, he does something right there. He does lift Johnny Cab off the tinges. Yeah, he, he rips, rips it out. Rips it out. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, which which side of the fence do you guys fall on with Total Recall? Did the movie actually happen, or was that his dream? In the, in that's, the that's, that's a great question. That is that is the debate. I'm I'm of the mind that since it is Verhoeven, he he probably had it. He probably did it all. It probably actually did happen. Because all of his movies have this like, like surrealist quality to them, but they're also very they're all social commentary. 
Mm-hmm. And so for him to kind of have it be like, a, oops, it was all a dream situation. Like that doesn't really track with the director. You really? know, I, 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 at least I believe so. See, like so to me, so I'm on the camp that it's a dream. Now, then the dream camp also then diverts into one of two ways. One is, do you believe the guy in the middle of the movie that says, you know, you're, you're you know, if you don't take this pill, you'll oh, be yeah, lobotomized. Yeah, yeah. Like, is he actually being lobotomized? And like, he's he's dying when that white light happens yeah. in the movie? Or is this a vacation that he paid for and the white light's him, that's the end. This is him he's about to wake out. up. Yeah. And I think the giveaway is when he's about to go under, he sees uh, what the actress, Ra- Rachel Tocotin, mm-hmm. uh, Melina, Mm-hmm. as like on the screen before he goes under so it's just like wait a minute you know how is she on the screen without you know but, but oh, well, she's also in real life i don't think so so to me that that's one of like the i think the key giveaway is that yes it's definitely a dream but i think it's his vacation i think it's like it's playing out mm-hmm. exactly oh blue sky on mars like the the doctor mm-hmm. makes like an off yeah as they, as they boot him up yeah because so, i mean so, it does all go down the way the doctor says it will yeah you know I do believe it's the dream. I, I'm in the same campus, Steve, with <clears throat> dream vacation. That's okay. yeah. I think I think it's I think it all it all happened. Like I think it's all pretty straightforward. I think like you know he was Hausa you know, before, and then shit went down. Then he you know the whole plan was to completely fuck himself. Like after that, to have him get back and do some things like for them, you know, and all that. But um, whatever your name is. Get ready for the big surprise. Big surprise. So many good quotes. If you, yeah, and that means shit's going wrong, and you have a wet towel wrapped around your yeah. head. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But get your ass to Mars. Come on, John. We're in love. Consider that a divorce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What are you even feeding that thing? Blondes. <laughs> but yeah, and then of course there's you know, Sharon Stone's character. She, I don't know. She doesn't. She does so much to not you know have him focus on the news she's always trying to distract him with sex and so it's like she's clearly an actress like she's doing something you know to do so and that's before he gives the recall right so it's her a lot of her behaviors are what lead me to believe that it's she's in on the lie right you know so she's a confederate and it's like oh okay michael ironside my favorite villains and that he's so good richter richter welcome to the potty richter (laughs) (laughs) see now i uh I just think the story works better if it is his vacation dream than if it actually plays out. Like it's sort of like similar to like with the new jo- the newer Joker movie. They're like, oh, did it all happen or did it happen in his head? And I'm like, well, while I'd like to think it all happened, I think the story actually makes a lot more sense if it was in his head. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean, well, the difference is like obviously total recall is a much better movie because oh yeah for sure it, for sure it doesn't it doesn't hit you with that oh but was it a dream you know it doesn't actually like they might as well have Joaquin Phoenix in that Joker movie look at the camera and be like well did any of that really happen you know it's like in at least in recall they let you at the end you're like okay now you have the debate like it's the classic debate after you walk out of a movie with your friends like this is this it's like did you think this or okay well, oh my god but with that Joker movie, it's kind of like, oh, so that's just a bad filmmaker. Well, a, a, a nice little segue. Like, I think that's symptomatic of a lot of movies made now. Like, it, it was like the thing dilemma. Like, at, at, in John Carpenter's The right. Thing, it is is one of them the thing? Are neither of them the thing? Like, like how does it end? And the whole point is like, f- figure it out for yourself. And like, yeah. oh, audience. Like, you know, I think John Carpenter was interviewed, and, and they they did it, even at the test screening in '82. 
I think the audience member like asked that very question. And he's like, it's up to you. Like, you know, there is no answer. And she was like, oh, I hate that. You know, and now I just don't even think that movie companies have the balls to make an ending where it is like, right. it, it could be, it could be this, it could be that. Like, it's like people like ever since like the, the early aughts, I guess, like, like you can't just, it's, it's the, I, I call it like, it's like the, the Darth Vader I guess what do you want to call it like problem or syndrome where it's mm-hmm. like people need to know the whole backstory. Yeah. You can't leave anything to the imagination or to and all right, no, we have to have the extended edition where we see every last little yep. clip and and nuance. It, it, it's that it's that very kind of thing that like ruin the hobbit. Now with with the thing, I do believe that Keith David was the thing and uh and Kurt Russell gave him the uh the gasoline to prove like to drink right he thought he was pouring the alcohol i think he gave him the gasoline to prove that he was the thing it's been so long since i've seen that movie. it's not actually j and b what's that <laughs> the, the scotch i mean yeah. i think j and b kind of does taste like gasoline anyway right <laughs> yeah I'm, it's been so long since i've actually seen that movie that I, i'm trying to even remember the end of it I mean, yeah. another classic example of the oh did it all really happen or, this is more of a not did it all really happen but uh with oh god why is why am i blanking on what i was going to say with blade runner do you think mm. harrison ford was a replicant right and that's that's a classic one of uh, which of the nine editions did you watch because one of them says a lot more than the other you know like there's the right. unicorn dream there's the there's the non-unicorn dream there's the voiceover like there's yeah. all of these things are like they give away they give more bits of the of the story but it's definitely i feel like i agree with you steve it's like the time of figure it out and have fun trying to figure it out is over like there we don't you don't get that really anymore but so speaking of like ruining you know some taking something good and ruin it like predator they absolutely have done that with this franchise because like then we see there's predator predator 2 is probably the best sequel not only just because of Busey. But right. because it does take him and it takes the concept of the predator and the story that um, I think it's Maria tells in this one, she um, she says in my village and all that there was this man in blah, blah, blah. And it's during that only happens during the hottest days of the year. Mm-hmm. And this summer it goes. Quite Wait, I thought hot. it was Anna. Anna, that's right. it. Yeah. It's like, it grows quite hot. But right. then in Predator 2, it's like the hottest summer on record. Yeah. So that's why he's in LA. Right. You know, <laughs> but it probably worse if it was in Miami, but right. yeah, but I guess it's, it's a little too much like Val Verde. But yeah, yeah, yeah but, like, but LA was great for the riots. So like, that's, it's a hell hole. You got Danny Glover. Yep. Basically, Bill Paxton exactly. again. Yeah. Maria Conchita Alonso is in it. And say what you will about Alien versus Predator, but I think that movie is just a ton of fun. It's a hot mess, but it's a ton of fun. Yeah, I, I, that the first one where the Predator explains what his arm bomb does with sign language, (laughs) when he's just kind of like he's like points at it, and then he does like the fist opening gesture, and she's like, "Oh, bomb. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's like, oh, so that's what we're doing now. (laughs) All right, we're just doing charades." Gotcha. <laughs> but then there's, of course, with this movie, there is, like we meant, we were mentioned before, there's the whole um, Predator vision with the, mm-hmm. you get, one of the greatest parts about this movie is that- A fucking alien. <laughs> you don't see the Predator right away. He's mm-hmm. very slowly revealed. 
and he's bl- there's a blink of him at one point when he his um his um camouflage goes off or you see his eyes first then there's a the part where his camouflage goes off and then it comes back on but for the majority of the beginning of the movie you just get predator vision and right. you get the shimmer you don't see him and if like me for the first couple of times i ever watched this movie for some reason, I must have been doing something during those first, you know, 45 seconds. So I didn't see the ship in the beginning. You know? So it's like, oh, oh, okay. But you don't, if you don't see that, you don't right away think, oh, this is an alien that's attacking these guys. You just think yeah, that's, oh, the ship is almost a detriment to this surprise. Right. Like it, it, it's great. But the best thing is you just see the, the vision. Then you hear him mimicking the voices like the um, over here and then the last. Yeah, anytime. And then he picks up the scorpion and like it goes black because there's no longer heat coming from it. But you also that. see like kind of like the, the, the claw right. kind of like crab hands where you're yep. like, oh, okay. This isn't a human being. Because <laughs> yeah, early on it's like, oh, maybe it's some special forces guy and you're kind yep. of like led into thinking that. I can't, it must have been so awesome to like walk into a cinema blind in 87 yep. not knowing what you were about to say. I mean, now. Which is basically impossible nowadays. Yeah, but the best part would be, because do you, you guys know that obviously Kevin Peter Hall is the one they went with for the Predator, and the design we see by Stan Winston is what we got. The Obviously the most successful version. Do you know who the original was? The original Predator. I believe I mentioned him earlier. You did. Podcast. He goes by JCVD now, and it is Jean-Claude Van Damme was the That's original right. Predator. Now, they had him in, like, the red suit and everything, and he was doing splits and shit. But apparently it was because two things. One was because he just wasn't physically intimidating (laughs) because he was smaller than all of the cast. (laughs) And then two, apparently he was a complete asshole to work with during that time. (laughs) So they were like, no. And then they had, like, a mock-up of what the creature was going to look like, and it had, like, one eye and, like, a beak, and it it didn't look good at all. It It looked terrible. bad. Yeah, and like the CGI was awful for it. Like they were gonna try to like claymation that shit, and it was just bad. And then they were like, "Wait a minute, there's this guy that works on Harry and the Hendersons. His name is Kevin Peter Hall. He's seven foot tall, and he can actually like move as a seven foot tall human being." And they were like, "Oh, let's get that guy. Who else is available? Maybe to redesign this creature? I don't know. Maybe the legendary Stan Winston, who's created some of the most iconic monsters of all time. Let's get him to do it." (laughs) And then I think it was James Cameron who was like, you know, Stan, I've always wanted to see a monster with mandibles. Right. And he's like, you know what? I'll throw him on. Okay. <laughs> and guess what? You got your iconic predator right there. <laughs> now that's a, the effects were something that I, there were effects that aged really well, which is basically anything done practically. Yeah. And the monster itself, I think aged really well, but like the movement with his like shimmer and like his camouflage I was like, oh, that's that's very 80s. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like in the newer the newer one, they kind of do, they obviously have better technology, but they still kind of keep the shimmer, like, excuse me, like the shimmer going. It's not as blatant and obvious as it is in this one, but it's, it's, it's better technology, but they do at least try to keep the feel of like the original, like camouflage. Mm-hmm. So even with the better technology, it's still kind of like and then kind even, of like handcuffed to the original design. And now, like in saying it's dated, I'm not even saying that's necessarily a bad thing because I think it adds to the charm of the movie. Oh yeah, but I'm just like the practical effects are awesome in like the most genuine way where the the computer generated effects. I'm like 
that's cool because it's so 80s, but also that wouldn't fly today, I don't think. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But the craziest thing is with this whole movie, obviously and everybody in this movie, now if you've ever watched It's Always Sunny, like we mentioned, Mac has a big, uh, a big crush on this entire movie. He's always trying to get people to watch Predator. Now, the way he, the reason he he fashions, uh, he reasons it out to be is because of like, these guys are just jacked. It's just muscle upon muscle. And that's what it is. These guys are all in the best shape of their lives. I, I think Arnold had them like working out on set, like before they went on. He like shipped his gym down yeah. to Mexico, I guess, where they were filming. Right. And like, they would like compete against each other, like waking up like earlier and earlier to like, yep. just like co-work out yeah like carl weathers has said he's like i was in great shape but when i went down there arnold would like like kind of like nonchalantly bully you into being bigger you know and just like <laughs> like get a pump going before camera so i was like that's awesome but imagine what, 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 being body imagine being body shamed by arnold schwarzenegger well, that's the best part the best part is like he'll body shame you but at the same time while you're working out he's going to tell you the best way to work out yeah. you know you're getting a seven time or an eight time miss Mr. Olympia, who yeah, is like yeah. telling you how to make your body look better. I'd be like, fuck yeah, dude. I am absolutely listening to you. And that's why everybody looks nuts in it. It's crazy how nuts they look. Yeah, because even like Billy at that time, he's in his like yeah. late 40s, I think. Sure. Yeah. The full he's, he's the least defined of all of them. Like, I don't like we never get Shane he's Black. He's the oldest. Yeah. yeah. We never get Shane Black with his shirt off, but I think Shane's supposed to also be kind of like the nerdy dude. Like he's shown <laughs> reading a DC comic, like in the beginning, like right. Sergeant Rock. And with this movie, though, it's Arnold is so perfect for the role of Dutch because he's a gigantic human being and peak physical condition. And you look at him, then you look at the Predator and you go, oh, a normal human can't beat that. You have to have an Arnold Schwarzenegger beat that character. And at the same time, while he is nothing but muscle and a trained like a trained um, special forces uh, soldier, he's also kind of smart. Like he he, he, kind of, he knows how to like work a like a situation. He also figures. Uh, I mean, I don't know how hard it would be to figure out that the mud he's covered in blocked the heat vision. You know, but he doesn't know what the predator sees. Like he doesn't. Well, that know was also the uh, one of the conversations that stuck out to me was him and Carl Weathers were talking, and Carl Weathers is like, "You think this Boy Scout bullshit's gonna stop?" And he's like, "Well, he can see the trip wires. Maybe he can't see this." Right. Yeah. It's and there's all kinds of stuff, and then. It just I think one of my favorites is and of course all the lines that he has like get to the chopper get to the chopper yeah and then he has the come on I'm right here kill me do it now come on <laughs> and you are one ugly motherfucker you know <laughs> like all that what the hell are you you can't this movie is great but you can't put somebody else in there and make it the same you just can't okay. do it there are two things that if you were missing either one of them, this movie would probably be kind of bad. And that's the score and Arnold. If Absolutely. you didn't, if you did not, if the score was bad and you just had Arnold, maybe you get an average movie. And if the score is great and you don't have Arnold, I just think it loses a lot of its charm. So I don't think you get the franchise. I don't no, think you, you definitely get don't get the franchise no. if you had miss if you're missing either one. Yeah, you just don't get fran- you just don't get the sequels. And Gl- while Glover is fine in the second one, he he plays the character he has to play. It's again like a sweaty cop that has to fight the predator. And he's pretty. Ja- I mean, he definitely worked out. Like he definitely, yeah, he's definitely more jacked than you than you'd expect him to look. Yeah, and it's so. like they have the predator. Then you see like the predator ship briefly, and 
the other predators like that are kind of there. So you get this greater sense that there is a larger like predator society going mm-hmm. on. Gary Busey. Yeah, Busey, yeah. Uh, you, get, you get Busey. Lion, gold. He's here to hunt. Right. <laughs> oh man. The tigers, the bears. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. And then you get you get um like Bill Paxton, like being his character and yeah. all that. But then dies heroically too. Right. And then that that movie could end the franchise right there. But then you get Adrian Brody and fucking Predators and Topher Grace and we're on Predator Island or Predator Planet or whatever. And it it, it just doesn't have the same effect. And it's it because you don't have that central Arnold character or Arnold equivalent there. You just don't have it. Adrian Brody worked out for the movie. Well, but he's Adrian Brody, you know, it's like okay. you're not getting the same thing. You can yeah. put Stallone in there. Maybe, yeah, now, you know? I was gonna bring up if if Predator One is made same exact way, but you just swap Arnold for Stallone, do you think it works? I think it would be seen a lot um, differently. Like it wouldn't be. I'm trying to think of him delivering lines like if it bleeds, we can kill it in or like, what's this fucking tie business? You know, right. or like CIA and, uh, got to push you too many pencils. Like, it, I, you just it, couldn't do it. It also yeah. been too reminiscent of, because um, right. I remember, like, you know, listen, it's almost like three different movies. So, like, the first third is like, you know, your 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 war movie. Your second third of the movie is kind of like a, um, you know, esque hunted movie, and then the third's like this like survivalist movie of like you know man versus nature. In this case, it being like man versus alien, like one on one. Everything just like flows so naturally, and to me, like if you had had Sly there, it would have been too reminiscent of uh, First Blood. Yeah, and that's, that's basically what that movie is in its entirety, pretty much. That's survivalist. Uh, yeah. The other thing is, is like trying to think of Stallone yelling something like "Get to the chopper." All that I can think of is him as Judge Dredd saying, <laughs> "I am the law." Hello. Yeah, it's it's gonna, really trading one. Armand Asante. Law. <laughs> Or like, I'm, I'm even thinking like Steven Seagal. Like you put Seagal in his Dutch. Oh god! How fucking great would that be? He'd, he'd be mumbling the whole time. Right? <laughs> You're like, well, you know, Man. they know if we if it bleeds, we can kill it. You know? <laughs> I need more fuckers. <laughs> now, say say it's franchise like didn't exist. <laughs> you franchise didn't exist. You're making you get this screenplay today. Who are you casting as Dutch? Chris Hemsworth. I mean, it's, it's it's a no-brainer for me. I'm I'm putting a jacked up Chris Hemsworth in there. <laughs> Australian accent, Chris Hemsworth too. I'm gonna let him keep his real accent though. Yeah, I think that works well because I think he has the comedic chops for like the sillier lines. I think he can do this more serious lines. I think that he can works. absolutely do the action. Yeah. yeah, I think the bit the basic bitch answer would be to say The Rock, but yeah. that's, that's really every Schwarzenegger role like he, he's kind of considered i think like the 21st century schwarzenegger yeah which i have issues with i, I don't i don't think that i don't think it's the nah. same. no um, nah. absolutely not but yeah it's, i don't know yeah that's i mean i i i see why you're choosing hemsworth mm-hmm. i'm just i'm not i'm not there but I, I don't know who i that i'd have to think about it how about thanos just like james brolin as thanos as oh, dutch <laughs> Now, one one that I is probably a little bit too small in terms of like height wise, but like Jason Statham, but like old school Jason Statham, like Snatch, where he's talking like full on English, like he is like that just yeah, right. he, he's that sly English guy that's just that's like, Turkish. <laughs> 
<laughs> Two but you, you still need him. You need him jacked up like he is now. But he, yeah, I, I mean, think personality-wise, closer to Turkish. I can see that. Yeah, he is a shorter guy. Like physically, he wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I mean, Arnold's only six one or six two, so it's not like. I mean, it's weird. Like looking at all of his movies, like especially in the eighties and early nineties, you look at that guy and you're like, oh, he's like six eight, six nine. Right. He's a gigantic man, you know. But he's really only six one, six two. And especially watching Red Heat, he and Belushi, Jim Belushi, are the same height. Yeah. And it it really throws things off. You're like, oh, no, I'm picturing like this Soviet mountain versus this pile of hot dogs in a, in a suit. And also, and also, too, I mean, I think like at his like, you know, at his champion best when he was lifting. So when he's bigger than he was in the movies, mm-hmm. he was only like 240 pounds. Yeah, he was. Up. He was I mean, like, that's not that, big, you know, it looks great. I love one of the stories that I think he told about Andre the Giant. Was him and Andre the Giant had dinner and he like left money and was going to walk away. And he just felt arms grab him from under the armpit, lift him up and put him back in his chair. And Andre just goes, I pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if, if there's anybody on the planet that could do that to Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. it's got to be Andre the Giant. Right. You know? <laughs> be Andre there's no one else that can do that <laughs> but so it's also I mean he's it, with this movie and most of it and like Commando especially I think when you think when you ask like a, like a person who grew up essentially in the 80s and 90s what is your picture of what a special forces or like Navy SEAL looks like they'll mention gigantic human being jacked out of the ass you know and just looks like arnold you know that's what they'll do because that was his image you know that dude played so many like special forces monsters cops whatever you want to call them these guys were all gigantic dudes that did this specialized skill set so like he kind of cultivated like an image of what a normal human being doing this thing was so kind of supposed to look like right well, certainly our generation, as far as absolutely, like, uh, like it was like in the same vein as He Man, GI Joe, everything. Like it really kind of. Well, that's a great documentary if you ever watch. Um, oh, what is it called? Um, Electric Boogaloo. Bigger, Faster, Stronger. <laughs> okay. Bigger, Faster, Stronger, where it talks about you know, yeah, between them and Hulk Hogan and wrestling and stuff, just like for our, for yeah, maybe like the early millennial, late Gen X, like you know, take your vitamins and this is how you're supposed to look. You know, little do you know. Roided out the ass, but right. Also, to get even to get to like actual bodybuilder type like physique, you need to like dehydrate yourself to get to that level of definition. Big time diuretics and and all that kind of uh, yeah, it's not done naturally. Yeah, his and Arnold's. I read Arnold's uh, autobiography. It was years ago. I haven't read it recently. But he mentions all of that. And he yeah. does say he was on steroids. Like, steroids, because they were legal back then. Like, you know, for competitions and whatnot. But guess what, kids? Everybody in the Avengers, they're on steroids, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, everyone in Hollywood is. But yeah. it's weird, though. That, that, that used to be, like, an action star. Like, it was, like, Stan, back in the 60s and 70s. Like, Steve McQueen. Like, it could be just, like, oh, a guy who's in shape. And then it's now become par for the course. If someone's going to be doing it, like, they're hitting the Unless gym. Unless you're Keanu Reeves. Programs in men's health. They're, yeah. they're they're on the sauce like it, yeah. it's to the point too where it's like if you go to the gym hey, like, hey, you hey, can immediately pick about yes Keanu Reeves 
Well, yeah. No, I don't. I, I don't think he is. Well, no, Keanu Ives not. But what's well, the other dude? The other side of Keanu is training like a madman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was also like never that big a big a guy. Like he was never. Right. He's tall, but and, he's and, and maybe he. I don't know. He could be on HGH. I don't know. Well, he never. Something. Well, his his action characters. He's up there. You know. Yeah. Well, like John Wick, Johnny Utah. These are like regular guys that just have extreme skill sets, especially John Wick. But like Johnny Utah is just an FBI agent with a football background, you know. Right. That's why he's like a young, in shape guy. Yeah, I like I didn't think like Swayze was on anything. No, but like I, no, I think Swayze, Swayze was just cut. He, he yeah. was just cut. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's just, just dancing, a hunk dancing his whole life. Yeah, just that Chippendales hunk, you know. Right. But like, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's that. It, like I said, uh, Arnold's autobiography is just a great read because he'll he talks about all of this stuff right. and he goes in depth it's it's a very like revealing um and candid like autobiography he doesn't really it's you see a lot of interviews with him unless he's telling a couple jokes he usually does give the stock hollywood guy response right and this book it's different like he even opens up about the affair all of that it's, it, he lays it all out there and when you look at it you're like oh this isn't a guy just telling me like his side he's kind of like admitting that he, he absolutely admitting he fucked up and everything like that right, right. so it's like he t- he's one of those dudes that's like he's very like genuine when it comes to that he what you see with arnold is what you get and the craziest thing is that's kind of how they tailored his movie career you know because it's like we're not going to try to make him have like an irish accent we're not going to make him try an american accent we're right, going right. to be like this is arnold schwarzenegger sure he's american the character's american but we're not going to bother trying to allude to why we're saying he's American. You know, he's Austrian. He's Austrian. Who did, who did the? Uh, <laughs> did he do the uh, for Terminator Three where he has like the ass voice? Does he do that, or did someone do that as like a voiceover? It sounds like a voiceover to me. Yeah, yeah. It, it more than likely is. I'm I'm willing to bet they tried with him and it just didn't work. Yeah. So they tried to get somebody else to do it. But yeah, so that's probably enough about gen- generally as possible about predator (laughs) and how it's amazing it's just a modern classic it is it absolutely is it's a legendary movie and like i said without this movie without the first movie we don't get that franchise and especially without arnold being in that movie is that actually is that wait are you saying is that supposed to be a compliment or an indictment of the movie (laughs) like uh if we don't have this we don't get the franchise (laughs) kind of both you know it's kind of like it, it started it all but it what we get is amazing, but unfortunately, it did start it all. You know, it, it, it was so good that they need to make sequels of it. I mean, I I do actually enjoy Alien versus Predator, and I kind of miss those early two thousands years where we were just getting fan fiction. Like, fuck it, this monster fights this monster. Let's do it. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I was kind of. I wish. I wish we had gotten the original Shane Black, the Predator. Because apparently it was supposed to be a lot better than what we got. <laughs> I mean, he directed the piece of shit. So yeah, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, like we, I, we don't need to address it much, but man, completely unnecessary, completely horrible. Um, a waste of Sterling K. Brown, who's amazing. It, it was just, <laughs> yeah, it was a dog of a movie, and I really was upset watching it. And it even leads into a sequel. Like it, it has a sequel set up at the end with like Mecha Predator. Well, you know? well, I mean, we'll get into that with the Terminator because every single, every single new Terminator, Terminator after Terminator Two is supposed to be like a new trilogy that just never panned out. But anyway. can't do it. But so in between, why don't we check out what beers we got? Steve, how was your last waltz? It's good, and I'm about to uh, just give me a second. Yeah, man. So I can update. Yeah, grab what you need to grab. Yeah, I just grabbed Round my second. 
So in the meantime, Mike, what do you got? How about yours? I'm still really enjoying my milkshake IPA. I'm on can number two. Uh, it's so it's so I liked it from the start, but it's definitely one. The more I drink, the more I like. Because like the more I drink, the more I'm like, this is a milkshake. It's a milkshake. <laughs> yeah, nice. Steve Rivera. Kate May really killed it with it. So round two. Um, we going with Volt Brewing out okay. of. Yardley PA. Ooh, that's a Volt, good one. Volt Brewing's Teller Pills. Nice. An American Pilsner. I don't I don't think any of us have had a Pilsner yet. Much I've like, had a Pilsner. You have? I don't, I don't yeah. think I have. I'm much like Schwarzenegger, I think. I'm both American, but also yet European. Not. American, yet not. <laughs> <laughs> nope, got a nice pop. That was it. Any good? Nope. Take that drink. Take that drink. <laughs> The slurp for your enjoyment. <laughs> you can test your speakers with that one. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's for you ASMR people out there. <laughs> now having fun. Good. Uh, no, it's good. Very good. Very good. Imagine if Arnold design. did ASMR. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a nice can design. It yeah, looks like a, there's a double nickel that looks like that, too. Let me do the... Uh, <laughs> I'm, here. I'm doing the, the fingertips on the thing. Right. ASMR. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't do that here. <laughs> no, um, yeah, but my um my swell Dorado was amazing, and um, now I've jumped into the heavy hitter of the ship bottom uh, brewery line, which is the double overhead IPA, which comes in at a lovely ten point four percent. So yeah, bro, I'll be passing out right before we finish this. But <laughs> so it's it's delicious it, mm-hmm. it's more of a obviously more of a hoppy ipa it's got a lot more hops to it but um it's also very dry which is good it's uh it's a good beer it's good beer so uh obviously chef bottom we talk about you enough mike and i at least want stickers or something <laughs> <laughs> so now we will get into the iconic arnold schwarzenegger role which is obviously as the terminator the T800 model. And we're talking about one and two. We're talking about 84 and 91. We're going to get into the rest, but we are, we solely really wanted to focus on the good ones, <laughs> you know, yeah. and the legendary ones, <laughs> you know. So, so with this is one of the cases where I look at the original, I think, great movie. Then I look at the sequel, I'm like, better in every way. I okay. think. Terminator 2 is easily better than Terminator 1. And that's not to say Terminator 1 is a bad movie. It's a great movie. It, yeah. It's like a seven, somewhere between a, an 8 to an 8.5 out of 10, I'd say, for the first Terminator. Terminator 2 is solid 9.5 mm-hmm. out of 10. Absolutely. I mean, to me, that's just... You're comparing it to, like, modern movies, though. I think because for its time, it was, like, no one had ever seen Mm-mm. that kind of movie before. And it's, I mean, it's very firmly planted in like that early to mid eighties, but, but somewhere to like alien versus aliens. I found like, like Terminator is almost like a, like a horror slasher, yep. like a Michael Myers esque mm-hmm. movie. Whereas Terminator two is much more of a action packed, you know, um, robot versus robot. Uh, you know, just, just two different flavors of movie that both great. And I do agree with you wholeheartedly. T2 is an absolute improvement. Um, yeah, it's just it's hard. To, you know, it's almost like what can you say about these movies that haven't hasn't been said? Well, Terminator, the original Terminator was originally designed to be a slasher movie. Yeah, originally designed to be a horror movie, and then they added 
the time travel and like that kind of stuff into it and like the um the kyle reese aspect of it right. and thank god for james cameron doing that too because it's like i i can only like i can't think of how fast this movie would have faded away in the 80s if it was just a robot slasher movie you know because the 80s were top to bottom crap slasher well that's so that's <laughs> also the thing so we're talking about arnold and his acting and i kind of didn't remember that terminator one he is not given that much to do besides be there and look menacing that is his role lines he has 14 lines in conan he had 24 <laughs> so he has 14 lines in that movie like he's literally he's robot michael myers in that movie to an extent where nope. terminator 2 actually gives like the the uh the uh chemistry between him and um who played john connor well uh, in the same two ed furlong yeah. ever furlong so the the uh, chemistry between those two drives that movie even like I mean of the movies that we're gonna be talking about the effects age the best from Terminator Two. Oh, like, they still absolutely hold up. Absolutely, they work so well. Um, They're phenomenal. No problemo. <laughs> so between the effects, the action, and the chemistry between John and the Terminator, A plus movie easily. Yeah, yeah I mean if you. My my gripe, and it's a lot of people's gripe with T two, is the squeakiness of Ed Furlong. But of course, we're dealing with a kid going through puberty in this role, so you got to kind of excuse the fact that his voice is cracking left and right. <laughs> and that's the thing with like everyone judging child actors. I'm like, it seems like a lot of your problems with child actors is that they are in fact a child, which means you maybe just don't like kids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if you want a non-squeaky Edward Furlong, I suggest you check out, I think it's The Crow 4, where he is the titular crow. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, you know, pick your battles with that one. But, um, yeah, now, obviously, again, with the trivia here, do we know who the original Terminator was supposed to be? Oh. Uh... He's a fairly famous football player. More famous for doing other OJ, things. OJ. OJ, exactly. Do you know why they didn't pick OJ? Because they thought he couldn't possibly kill someone. They thought he was too nice a guy who couldn't possibly <laughs> believe as a murderer. <laughs> I think that's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever heard. <laughs> so talk about a, a take that did not age well. <laughs> you know, the Terminator's original title was If I Did It. Right. <laughs> Terminator 3, <laughs> If I Did It. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like killing Nicole <laughs> <laughs> I went back and watched like a lot of the things from the OJ case during quarantine because that was just something I was into for a time. Because why not? <laughs> I, we were all into weird things during quarantine, right? <laughs> but yeah. I love in the OJ case when he tries to slip the glove on and he just sort of shrugs and puts his hands up. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, what are you going to do? <laughs> it doesn't fit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just the fact that like they're like OJ, huh? Nah, no way. Not the Hertz guy. You know, no. there's no way. Ice Turner guy. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> let's get Conan the Barbarian to do him. Oh, okay. And of course, a superstar was born. <laughs> and then Terminator Three is just sort of like, now what if the Terminator was a hot blonde? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's some dude just uh. wanting to jerk off to a robot. You know, that's and because she even inflates her or boobs in the beginning yeah. to get out of a speeding ticket she's a terminator why not just kill him like every other terminator does you know 
also she seems like like more underpowered than yeah. like I felt like a battle between her and the T one thousand. The T one thousand would have definitely uh, cleaned up. Absolutely, that's what, now, I think the T two thousand is easily like the most. How the hell are we going to stop it? Which one was that? Was that Dark Fate? That or I she's was, the TX. In, oh in wait, T3, which one? She's the TX. Wait, um, which one is Arnold? He's the Arnold's the T eight hundred. Okay, so I, I am talking about the T one thousand. T one, yeah, that's yeah. right. T-1000 is Robert Patrick, who, fun fact, his brother, Richard, is the lead singer of the band Filter. Now, you put Richard in as the Terminator T-1000, and I don't think we're talking about this movie right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, the craziest thing is, and it, I don't know, it every, when, with the first Terminator, you can look at it as the fact that Arnold is a bodybuilder trying to act, and he's straight off a of Conan who doesn't need to have emotions. Now, Terminator, you look at him, you go, okay, this man's a robot. Clearly a robot, occasional prosthetics on his face, shaved eyebrows, whatever. He's a robot. In that second one, in 1991, we have hit so many Arnold movies. He's a megastar. Everyone in the world knows who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. He is a better actor in it, Mm -hmm. but when they show him in that movie, he is a robot performing stunts. And he's not even grimacing. You know, so it's like, how did Cameron film this movie and how many takes did they have to do or edits did he have to do to make sure all we saw was just emotionless, stone-faced Arnold Schwarzenegger? Probably a lot. Yeah, and it's like, is that Arnold or is it a combination of the two? And I'm inclined to lean that it's a combination of the two, but he still had to keep like a straight face the whole damn time, especially when he's getting jostled around and everything. It's like, how do you do that? You know? And also, so Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor is one of my all-time favorite female anti- like she what a is story arc too. She is like top of my list of female action heroes. And She's a badass. Certified badass. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Sarah Connor is talk about two different Sarah Connors too. Yeah, and what a story arc that she has. And that first one, she's a waitress. Oh, and okay. We got to talk about the restaurant Big Jeff's that she works at. It seems that she gets there during the morning shift and she's carrying out like T-bones, baked potatoes, broccoli to people. This is breakfast time. Those truckers. In LA, (laughs) you know. And then there's this shithole kid who like dumping like scoopfuls of ice cream into mm-hmm. her pockets. Like, fuck you, kid. Well, not that, but then there's like, you hear the guy in the background, oh, maybe I should tip you. Right, <laughs> exactly. It's like, he's like, nice one, kid. Maybe so, I should tip you. It's yeah. like, what kind of asshole restaurant is this that caters to complete assholes, you know? The worst customer base in the world. <laughs> hey, go, my Google assistant just overheard me yeah. and wanted to give me answers. So maybe I should have let her. But, um, but yeah, and like, but Sarah's like set up as this young girl kind of struggling she's not like a struggling actress right she's just a struggling girl in la she's going to night school yeah she, i see you see her community college id on yep. the mirror and, uh, you and know. yeah and all of a sudden she's eventually going to be yep perfect 80s hair she's eventually not as good as her roommate though her yeah. roommate's got much better 80s hair and her roommate's dating slider from top gun <laughs> rick <Nice>. rosovich <laughs> that's right he is that's right. <laughs> with um but yeah so like she's completely like living like day-to-day trying to struggle to get by in 80s LA and then all of a sudden she's eventually the victim of a serial killer basically Mm -hmm. and or the target of a serial killer we should say and then she finds out she is the mother of the savior of humanity you know it's like there's a lot of shit to deal with in this movie that she (laughs) does handle in the way um uh 
Michael Bean? Yeah, the Michael Bean. Yeah, the, and the pay way, attention. And the way God, we gotta talk about Bean for a little bit. But the way Linda Hamilton plays her is so great because at first yeah. she's like, "Get the fuck away from me, you crazy person." One of my favorite del- line deliveries she has is to um, the doctor when she's like, "Is Reese crazy?" You know, when she says that, it's like, "Oh yeah, of course he is," because he's talking about future shit. For one, Kyle Reese, worst undercover future man ever because he's just telling everybody the truth all the time you know and she plays but the way Linda Hamilton plays Sarah Connor is she gradually comes to accept the fact that she is living in this weird prophecy mm-hmm. and just the way Hamilton plays it it's like she starts off completely young and innocent and then of course she jumped to T2 by the end of that oh, she yeah. is a complete hard-ass borderline complete nut the beginning job. of it she's a hard-ass oh yeah yeah yeah, the actually, going off just to murder a man. In I mean, one of my favorite action sequences is the escape from the mental institution, oh and that God. kind of involves minimal, like actual Terminator involvement. The threat of the Terminator is driving it, but it's mostly her. <laughs> yeah, it's all her. And I think was that during the time, or was that after when she and Cameron were married? Was that did uh, they get married after this movie? They got did they get married after Terminator? And I don't think they were divorced yet. Yeah, okay. I think they were still married during T2. Because this is a situation where you watch Terminator 2. If, if, if only there was like some object I could use to pick <laughs> that up. If only we had the internet yeah. at our fingertips. Some sort of a... We need, to get, we need to get us a fact-checking guy where we can just... Right. Yeah, we need like a James. Yo, look it up! James, look that shit up. <laughs> yeah, Kara has volunteered to do that, but I don't, I don't think she'd do that for every episode. <laughs> but... With with the with T two, it's a classic like Steven Spielberg Kate Capshaw thing where like Spielberg and Temple of Doom tortured Kate Capshaw, made her scream like her head off and whatever. And then after that, they were like, he was like, Hey, you're kind of cool. Want to date and get married? And apparently they did and had a happy life together. With Cameron and Hamilton, it's the opposite. It's like in T two, he's like, All right, you're wearing shirts, but there are no bras. He's right. <laughs> like, You're wearing tank tops, no bras anywhere. <laughs> so here, so here. So they got, so she was married to somebody else during Terminator. They were divorced by Terminator 2, then married James Cameron, 97 to 99. So it was right around 99 that she, or no, beforehand was Catherine Bigelow. Or was he, was she after Hamilton? I think Catherine Bigelow was just, um, oh, as far as James Cameron's. Yeah, with Cameron. Oh, hey, James Cameron. Yeah, I think because I think Bigelow is hilarious. Um, yeah, shout out to that South Park episode with Cameron. Um, yeah, I think she was after Hamilton, but she's like Cameron's like big ex-wife, really. Oh yeah, married eighty-nine, divorced ninety-one, Catherine Bigelow. No, she she was before Hamilton. Divorced her, I guess, while she was making Point Break. Yep. So yeah, because she's like James Cameron's like big ex, like oh dude, you fucked up because now she's famous and hates you, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then he married the chick from Titanic. The, the the granddaughter of Heart of the Sea. Remember one of Bill Paxson looks like he's got the hots for you know, oh, you dance? Yeah, yeah. Susie Amos. Yeah. Not um not Kate Winslet. <laughs> no. no, no, no. <laughs> but no, um that's the other director who directed Spectre and mm-hmm. uh what's his name? Um Sean Mendez. Yes. No, yeah. no Sam Mendes. Sam Mendes. So Sean Mendes is like a teen heartthrob singer. Oh that's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. She wishes she married yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> but of course, with the with Terminator and you know the legendary lines that come out of both of these movies again, and that's that's again that's another Arnold trait. 
he makes any line just absolutely legendary. Mm-hmm. And I'll be that, back. Him and Christopher Walken sort of have that yeah. trait. Yeah, I can see that too. Yeah. Right. Like, and to an he hit it like, the only place he could. He hit it the only place he could in his ass. His ass. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like Pacino can kind of do that too. Like he's he's like a lesser version of that. <laughs> but with Arnold, it's like every line is made. Like mm-hmm. something as simple as I'll be back, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, the, the big story with that is that he originally wanted to say, I will be back because he thought it sounded more like a robot. And James Cameron was like, no, dude, say, I'll be back. He's like, look, I don't tell you how to act. You don't tell me how to write. We do this. And then he did, I'll be back. And of course, it became Arnold himself's catchphrase, you know. <laughs> but then, of course, there's almost everything he says in T2. You know, mm-hmm. almost that entire. Hasta la vista, <laughs> baby. Exactly. There's that. And then there's chill dickwad you know mm-hmm. all that stuff and then of course there's i'm live learning computer you know all of that stuff do you think do you think a net processor a learning computer right do you think chill dickwad inspired all of his lines in batman and robin i i wish at some point mr freeze would have told batman to chill dickwad you know that would have been fucking great <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so good oh and especially and that's that's again like the power of schwarzenegger he is top build in Batman and Robin and he's the villain. He's not even Batman or Robin, the two titular characters. <laughs> he is top build in that movie. He's, he's also the, the only villain. reason anyone should ever get a semblance of enjoyment from that movie. If like you get the same enjoyment from his version of Mr. Freeze that you get from emo Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Like that that's the same yeah. type of like you know it's terrible. You know it you shouldn't like it. But it, it's hilarious. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Here's some dirt in your eye. Yeah, right. I want to put some dirt in your <laughs> eye. <laughs> like, picture like Schwarzenegger being like, pizza time. <laughs> Here's some dirt I'm in your eye. Schwarzenegger doing the, the fucking yeah, dance. The fucking jazz dance, like down the hall, like down the street. Yeah, yeah. Dig, on, dig on this. Start snapping. <laughs> right. Exactly. God, that would be great. That's the one thing I don't think we've ever gotten from Arnold is like a dance <laughs> montage. Like a no, dance true scene. Well, no, that's the tango. That's like a serious one. Wow. Like I'm talking like solo, like like, like Oscar Isaacs in uh, Ex Machina. Uh, like well, I want yeah, something like that yeah, from okay. Arnold, now, you know? You know what I want? I want Arnold to come out one day wearing a boot for Pedro t-shirt and just do like move for move, the Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> I'm so sure. Uh, what's his name? Uh, John Hader would love that being famous again for five minutes. <laughs> Wearing those snow booties. Yeah, right. But and then there's then of course then the first Terminator. There's obviously Bill Paxton, you know. Where and then there's Brian Thompson, who you may not know who Brian Thompson is by name, but you know him by face because that dude's got a very distinct yeah. face. <laughs> and he's of course the. Laundry, He's washed like, animal, washed animal, yeah, nothing, nothing to wear, <laughs> yeah. nothing clean, right? <laughs> right. Then, of course, Paxton, you know, is there classic line. Couple, I think this guy's a couple cans short of a six pack, right? <laughs> it's so good. And he's got the tire tread on his face, you know, like to like the Hollywood version of a, like what a punk, right, would look like. Although but, the thing but, is, but, in hey, 80s, to, that... to like ten year old me, I was like, holy shit, that's what a punk looks. Like. Yeah, what a badass. That's crazy. He got so, a tire tread on his face. <laughs> and that, so, Brian Thompson's the same size as Arnold Schwarzenegger. He can wear those clothes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, these movies that we're talking about, like you guys got to grow up with them. I watched them probably 20, 20 years after they came out. 
they're, yeah. they're like more kitschy for you. Like they, they yeah. still kind of had that like vibe of like, yo, yo, this, you know, this is what the future is going to look like, man. Like, right. like robots can do this shit now. Because yeah. like I was first time I probably watched Terminator, I was maybe ten. Would yeah. would have put it in two thousand and seven would be when I watched it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, I saw it in the early nineties uh, when I first saw it. Well, babies drink milk. When you man, you must drink beer. Milk is for babies. Milk is yeah. for babies. But uh, that's from Pumping Iron, if anybody doesn't know. <laughs> but, uh, from pumpkin, Pumping Iron. But I, because I remember with Arnold, like growing up, obviously, because <clears> Steve <throat> and I have grown up with with Arnold. And for me, the craziest thing, the one thing that really does stick out with like my Arnold experience with other people was my mom, my parents and I, we went to visit one of my mom's college friends up in, um, up in North Jersey, like exit 15 on the turn, like way up there. So we're at the house and my parents are talking with obviously my mom's friend and her husband and I'm stuck with the kids. Now it was me. I might've been like 12, something like that, I think. And it was right after total recall came out on like video. Right. And they happened to have it. And these kids were only a couple years, like maybe one or two years younger than me. So maybe they were 10 years old. And I remember watching it and being like, okay, this is kind of a hard R action movie. Like, like this is pretty bloody and this is cool. And then we got to the part with the three boob lady. And my first thought was, oh, should I be watching this? Like, I don't think I'm old enough to see this. Mm -hmm. But then it was like. The answer was yes. Right. And then then the answer was, I should absolutely be saying this. But then it was like, oh, so now when I hear like adults talk about like that three boob lady in Total Recall, like I've seen that and I saw it when I was 12, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but it's like, I just remember seeing it. And my first thought was, is this appropriate for children? But then, like, looking back, it's like, I saw so many Arnold Schwarzenegger things that was like, maybe they weren't appropriate for children, but I definitely saw them because he was everywhere. He was all over the place in the 80s and 90s, and especially Last Action Hero, Kindergarten Cop. Those were, like, the kid-friendly ones. But at the same time, there's well, it's like everything else you can Like all the kids, it's like that's why Last Action Hero had the popularity it had. Right. Because everybody saw him in Terminator. Everybody knew that. That was one of the most popular arcade. I don't know when arcade is. Might, oh, God. But, that'd be, that'd be um, they used to have these, these things with um, you know, big console uh, video game machines called arcades. You could go to a place and, and play uh, a stand-up. You go to a place and like spend, uh, spend, spend basically the equivalent of a video game system. on Wait. One, one no, there is a place near me now called Yestercades best place ever you spend ten dollars for an hour all you can play arcade games all you can play pinball all you ten dollars for an hour you don't know the value <laughs> ten dollars an hour you can play that's, two games of that Dirt sounds like two that sounds like two hundred dollars worth of <laughs> right. value you would adjust for inflation we spent like the equivalent of a paycheck and that was like the, <laughs> and that was like you know obviously before video games now like the coolest thing would be like when you had to reload you would actually hear arnold say reload Right. Yeah. Like oh cock the, you'd cock the gun off the screen and then you pull it back. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm Arnold. Yeah. But playing this game. And that's what it was. It was like we, we were like um, John Connor well, and, and Danny Cooksey in T2, you know, right. in that arcade. Playing Afterburner. Right. Yeah. But but also, too, like he um, he hooked up with Reagan to do like the physical fitness thing. So he like had like a role in your kind of like your school upbringing, too. Like now you want to look like me. Yeah. So you know, do your push-ups and do the sit-ups and um, the flex arm hang for the ladies. <laughs> but um, the flex arm hang. Fuck, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. If you can't do a pull-up, but, uh, but yeah, it, it was like this. Like you know, he was just very like um, 
Yeah, it was, it was like, 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 a, like a walk and talking G.I. Joe. He's almost like ubiquitous. Well, that's just what Sergeant Slaughter was anyway. Yeah. Was literally a walk and talking G.I. Joe. Well, that's what, so that's what I brought up earlier is like Arnold is like an American icon. Yeah. But he's formative. from Austria. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, you know, and like Steve mentioned, like the physical, you mentioned the physical fitness thing. As I remember, it was like the red patch or like the blue patch. Right. And like, I think the blue patch was like the vice president's thing where it was like not quite good enough, yeah. but the red patch was like, you were there. Like you yeah. could meet Arnold man, if you kept yeah. doing what you were doing, you know? Right. But it was like, yeah. And he was, and that's the crazy, like that's one of the craziest, like slash best things about Arnold. <laughs> like he was so influential in like physical fitness for like kids. Right. You know, he was like, he's like, get out, be active, like do these things. Like he wasn't like eat your vegetables, don't do drugs. He was like, get out and do some fucking push-ups, you know, do some jumping jacks, maybe run around a little bit, pick up some heavy things every now and then. Like just be active, you know? And it wasn't like the Reaganomics where it was like drugs will kill you, you're everywhere, stay away from shady people. No, he was like, okay, forget about all that guy. Let's just do some push-ups in front of those shady people, you know? <laughs> it's like maybe have a pump on when you see Julio on the corner yeah. to get your weed, you know? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> but it was it was just he was literally everywhere. And it was it's it's amazing. Wait, idea for a recasting for Terminator. We're gonna have to change it up a little bit because we're gonna have two Terminators here. Uh oh. So we are going one of them is gonna be Christopher Walk and the other one's Steve Buscemi. Now just Here's imagine <laughs> imagine running from a mechanical, unstoppable Steve Buscemi. What is more terrifying? Wow. Um Brennan Frazier. <laughs> Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser from Monkey Bone. The T1000. School ties. Brendan Fraser from With Honors. School ties. Brendan Fraser, you know, like Jewish kid in a Catholic private school. Terminator. That's a Terminator for you movie right for you right there. What was it? Like, they were talking about like this movie, like a new Scorsese movie that's coming out, like instead of, I forget the actor's name, but like it was going to be a role for Leonardo DiCaprio, but instead it's, um, if you ever saw Game Night, He's the he's like the security guard, the cop that lives next door that they never want to invite. Oh, to Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Yes, that's that's him. Yes. And he, so he was like, he looks like what Leonardo DiCaprio would be like if you ordered him on Wish or Alibaba. <laughs> like, you know, I was like, we people like order that shit off Instagram, like like it's made in China. Like, oh yeah, it looks like um that looks like a really great deal on Alibaba. I think we would get that that Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Jesse Plemons is what would come in the mail. <laughs> Four weeks later. <laughs> It's like Instagram versus reality kind of situation. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> a little late, but my my moment that you had with like uh, Total Recall, that I'm probably too young to be watching this, was me with Game of Thrones because yeah. Game of oh, Thrones came out in 2011, and I started watching right after like I started watching right after the first season came out, so it's still 2011. That puts me at 14. Right. Now, <laughs> now, granted, I. I was 14. I didn't care that much, but as a 14 year old, I'm like, probably shouldn't have been watching this, but I loved it. <laughs> right. I think most kids nowadays would be like, when should I not be watching this? Is basically when they figure out how to use Google. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, it's just the internet now has become such a you know, Pandora's box that I, I yeah, I don't even know how I could, I, 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 I can't even imagine it. Like it's kind of showing our age, but you know, what you're that was to, <laughs> 
that young. Yeah. yeah. So like I convinced my mom my mom and dad both have watched it at this point. But they both like I think my mom started Game of Thrones after season six. And my dad started probably after season seven came out. My mom was like, I really like this and we can talk about this now. But if I knew this was what the show was like when you were 14 watching this, I don't think I would let you. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's and that's but that's the thing with Arnold movies. It's like now as an adult watching them, you you recognize two things. One, how just what great action movies they are, mm-hmm. and how great the stunts are in these <clears throat> movies. And in T1 and 2, these stunts are amazing in these movies. And then the other aspect of it is you can see something like Raw Deal or Red Heat or even Commando and recognize it as just being silly action. You know, right. they're not comic they're not hilarious they're not comedies but the action is just so over the top at times and so kind of ridiculous you're like this is phenomenal yeah, you know it, it feels like it's feet are firmly planted in like the fantastic like yep. you can be like okay this is you know this is a movie this is over the, like i'm not trying to watch some great perfect example would be yeah you know, like watch rambo first blood part two and then watch rambo 2008 what a confusion two though. very different <laughs> different views on you know and and the funny thing is is that in the fantastic one to me that says more about like what what Stallone was trying to convey than the 2008 version with the gore and you know just just the movie has like a heaviness and like a darkness that's just like there's there's a big difference between there's a big difference between an excess of action and an excess of gore and I feel like Directors tend to go with the excess of gore nowadays, and I'm right. like, give me all the action, come on. <laughs> and the one the best, and I noticed it watching all the Arnold movies uh, this time. The best parts of all of the best Arnold movies are the squibs, the blood squibs. People are popping like blood mm-hmm. balloons in all of these movies, and yeah. it's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> it's so <laughs> except now, now we have Get Out, where we actually get to see people pop like blood balloons, <laughs> or not? Exactly. Get, I'm sorry. No, I get that. Uh, You're talking about ready or not? Ready or not, ready yeah. or not. <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's like you look at this and you go, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. Because this is blood, fake blood in blood bags that are exploded by a guy off screen. Yeah. This is not CGI bullets and blood. This is actual, someone took the time to pack this vest or whatever and have these things explode at the right time. It's, it's, it's almost like artwork, you know? Yeah. Like somebody took the time to make these practical effects so awesome. And T2 especially does that so well. So well. The and the practical effects in that movie are absolutely insane. That's what I think T2 it might be the pinnacle of like action sci-fi movies. I'm not sure I can think of a better one. I mean, since then, yeah. It's uh, no, it's it's I mean, absolutely great. Maybe uh, Avatar. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen that clip of Arnold trying to say Avatar? The salute to James Cameron. Right? <laughs> but, I hate like, Avatar so much. Oh, not av- love it's Avatar not the last it. airbender. Hate the movie. Yeah, I still refuse to. Don't fucking bother. It's terrible. But I mean, also too, what's nice about the and that's something you see firmly planted in like those 80s and, and again a lot of Arnold movies. It's the good guys and the bad guys, and the good guys are kicking the bad guys' asses. And it's very it, Even, it, just it, like I said, the first third of the Predator, just like you know, you see like this awful thing. You're like, let's get these mothers, and then basically like the people on the screen are saying the exact same thing you're yep. thinking, and they go and they get those mothers. 
Yep. And it's just. Is it matter that you can say they firmly kicked their ass? Like, by the end, Arnold wins, but he lost everyone else trying to do it. Yeah, but not to those bad guys. Like, right. not, not to the Russians. Right. Or not, 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 not to the designated, at least it was to, a, to an alien. So, fair enough. You know. Yeah. But, but also, too, it's like, it, it's, it's being able to, you know, clearly define those lines between good and bad that now has become like, we have to be subversive and we've got to be gray. And mm-hmm. I think that was, that was probably like to, to beat up on Game of Thrones, what was so unfulfilling. I think we were all kind of expecting that last season. Spoiler alert, by the way, just, just skip ahead about a minute. That's what <laughs> I need. I was expecting Jon Snow to like arise as like, okay, right, that kind of return of the king-esque type hero. And instead it was like, oh, nope, subverted actually. And instead it's going to be a big bummer. Yeah, you never get the, you and, never get the, for Frodo moment in right, yeah. right, you know, and it's like, who cares if it's formulaic? That, that's there, there's something that's in that hero of a thousand faces book, and in just the history of myth, like there's something that feels like right about that. That, yeah, I mean, you can be subversive to kind of like throw, you know, if you want, people want to throw a wrench into things and do something original, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make and that doesn't mean it make it entertaining. It doesn't make it enjoyable. And uh, that's what's missing in a lot of action movies now. Like you just don't have that kind of clearly defined white hat, black hat kind of. Yeah. Oh wait, I, I'm gonna. You know what? Actually, I'll get more into it when we get into our favorite action topics. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's and like with modern action, of course, the biggest franchise is the Fast and Furious franchises. Mm-hmm. And when you look at that, of course, you got The Rock in it. You have Vin Diesel, and neither of those guys can lose the fight. Neither one. And it's both of those actors walking in and being like, my contract says I can't lose. And then Vin's like, well, my contract says I can't lose and I've been here longer. It's like, well, I'm The Rock, so fuck off. And Vin Diesel's like, well, fuck you. I'm I'm Dominic Toretto. And it's like, well, what are we going to do? Well, let's make a movie one where they're both on opposing sides and neither of them loses. That doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> With Arnold movies, it's like Arnold's the hero. He's got his buddies that are probably going to die. You know, but then at the same time, when he's the villain, you know he's the villain, mm-hmm. and there is no well because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger, he lives. That comes later. You know, that comes later in his movies. In the first Terminator, he's the bad guy. He's obviously mm-hmm. the Terminator. I mean, but, in the second movie, he's the good guy, and he's right. the Terminator, and he dies. <laughs> and he, yeah, but yeah, if you when the first time you watch that again, the same thing as Predator, where it's like it's all played up where it's like, you don't know he's the good guy until he, he mm-hmm. drops the roses with the shotgun. Like you, you're still kind of questioning if like if you walked again, walked in blind, 1991, you didn't watch any trailers or maybe you just like heard about the movie. Mm-hmm. You, you would still go the first 30, 40 minutes, not knowing who was who. You would think Ed Furlong's mm-hmm. about to get his head blown off. Right. That's what you would think. And great little symbolism there with guns and roses being the only popular song that we have in that soundtrack with you could be mine fucking phenomenal yep. song by the way great music video <laughs> it's too. amazing yeah. and danny cooksey i firmly believe is probably axel rose's son yeah. <laughs> so, so your shorts right. yeah. but yeah. With, oh, go, ahead. go ahead all right well with <laughs> now i'm just now i'm just trying to think of you know how danny cooksey is like living his life without knowing that he's axel rose's son and like <laughs> like axel rose living his life without knowing that he has a son who's a bad like failed actor now maybe it's, but, for, maybe it's the best for both of them it probably is <laughs> but we, yeah i feel like if they ever actually had a relationship it couldn't have possibly been a good one. Oh no absolutely not it's a literal i think redheaded stepchild situation is what we're talking about here 
But when it comes to Arnold in T2, the greatest thing that Cameron could have done when writing that movie is being like, well, we got to bring Arnold back. But guess what? He was the villain last time. I'm going to bring him back as a reprogrammed hero. And that's where you get your like sort of anti-hero because you expect him. It's not what you're expecting with an anti-hero where we're talking about like Walter White and Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about here is Arnold Schwarzenegger is the one of the heroes of that movie but he's also used to be the villain so it's not quite a reform story either but then you have the actual villainous terminator of the t-1000 who is an unstoppable killing machine right but also not just an unstoppable killing machine he's talking he's got a personality he's yeah. duping people as a cop you know right. he's not just the That's- murderer that <laughs> turned that schwartz you get the scene where he's on the phone with him and you they pan out and he has like the finger yeah. jabbing through the stepdad's throat right. your foster parents are dead <laughs> yeah and, and of course the scene that the stepmom right. that he's impersonating is vasquez from aliens right that's true. Looks totally you would not you totally would miss it but yeah that's why she reappears she's i guess like a one of cameron's favorite favorite actors yeah. but also i mean to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I mean, still an anti-hero. He almost blows that guy's head off when he's like, you called moi a dipshit. Yeah, and like uh, the, the two kids come over. <laughs> yeah, and then he still takes out the guy's kneecaps when they walk up on the... So he's still got that dark, like, villainous ass, you know, yeah. you, you still see the shades of what he could be. And then it, it was a deleted scene in the original, but man, talk about one of like the worst, dele- you know, scenes to have not had in the movie was the one in which they take the chip out because again it's a it's a nice little nuanced thing where it's like they set the uh, the terminators to read only like so that the terminators yeah. like like skynet purposely makes it so the terminators can't learn and develop as arnold's terminator does yeah like it explains all like why he becomes his own his own man quote quote unquote man yeah um yeah and then they show sarah connor's about to destroy the chip and all this kind of stuff anyway very um just so many there's so many layers that you can like look at it as like an awesome sci-fi action set piece but then there's all these other that's what makes a well-written story it's like all that depth is there if you want it to be there if you know to look for it and well the same thing is and it's in that extended edition where you get that scene but you also get the same scene that's how michael bean shows up in tito right because he's he's a hallucination to sarah he's gonna say him like keep going keep going do not let these fuckers get you down like in the hospital and it's, it's such a great scene in, that's not really shown because in the first one, the way that I, I just love the way in the first one that they show the two different people that have come back in time, the Terminator and Kyle Reese, mm-hmm. going about their, their different ways of going about getting things done. Right. And Schwarzenegger comes back in the classic Terminator coming back through time pose, the sprinter's pose, naked sprinter's pose. And then you get Michael Bean, who's just kind of dropped on his side in the fetal position. You right. know, he has to he has to like kind of like bargain with a homeless guy to get a pants. You know, and I think he jacket. actually robs the homeless. Guy. Right, yeah, he mugs the homeless. It's not much bargaining. <laughs> right, but then the you know Terminator walks up to a group of guys, analyzes one, maybe it's about the same size, kills them all, takes his clothes, mm-hmm. and then he goes to the gun store. He's got a list. He's got like a grocery list of guns mm-hmm. that he wants, and the phase plasma rifle that in the forty watt range. It's only what you see, pal. That kind of thing, right. you know. So he's like, oh, then Uzi 9mm. He's like, oh, which ones do you want? All. <laughs> he's like, hey, wait, you can't do that. He just shoots the guy. But Wrong. Right. And then he has the, the way of looking through the phone book and going and just killing every Sarah Connor until he hits the right one. Right. 
with Michael Bean, on the other hand, it's kind of, he's kind of like hustling his way into being like the savior of Sarah Connor. And again, it does point to the fact that Kyle Reese had no training whatsoever for this plan because he's the worst guy at surveillance in this. He is following Sarah Connor like a creep on the street, you know? Right. And he's, he's like, oh, I'm not going to walk past Tech Noir, by the way. Great bar. Wish it was around nowadays. He's walking past Tech Noir like all slow and looks in like, yeah, I'm a creepy guy in a leather jacket, you know, <laughs> like an overcoat. I'm just going to keep walking, you know? Yeah, but, if, if actually, if you notice, it's kind of gross. It's like both the overcoat and his pants are covered in bird shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's yeah, he looks what like a homeless a nasty, man's pants homeless, look like, right. Yeah, it's almost like a little bit too, like too, too close to real. But. Right. Well, then you get in the second one, you get Schwarzenegger. You, you see how the Schwarzenegger, uh, Schwarzenegger goes about doing his thing. He goes into that biker bar, naked dude in the mm-hmm. biker bar. And of mm-hmm. course, and it happens in every Schwarzenegger movie. There's the mm-hmm. rando woman who sees him naked or just sees him as a perfect physical specimen. Check out his be package. Like, Checks him out. No, ooh, that's a great extra in that movie. The waitress that comes out, she's like, oh, <laughs> gives that look up and down. But he analyzes the biggest guy in the room. He's like, you close your boots and your motorcycle. There's a little anti smoking thing too when he gets the the cigar smoke blown in his face. It says like carcinogenic vapor. Right. Like yeah. Like, yeah. Which is funny considering how big of a cigar smoker and mm-hmm. you know Schwarzenegger himself exactly. is. But then you see the T1000. And he just assimilates a cop, you know, and right. he assimilates a cop. And then he pretends to be a cop the rest of the time. There's nothing else to it. He's like, cause he knows a police officer is a white police officer in LA is more likely going to be trusted like crazy. So he just goes about his day doing his thing methodically. And right. of course, when the two meet and they clash in the mall over saving uh, John Connor, it's even better because you're like, this is no longer Sarah. Like now we're like, we put a kid in the mix, which for sequels usually is death. Like you add a kid in a mm-hmm. sequel, you're on fumes. But for this, it's perfect because now we're not talking about the, the woman who's the mother of the savior. We're talking about the savior of humanity himself. And you get to see this little shit as a 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you almost don't want him to live through this movie. You want the yeah. robots to win. <laughs> but what they go through is just awesome, especially when he makes him like his pet. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, why'd you why'd you do that? Because you told me to. You right, know? Right. It's, it's just so it's such a great fucking performance it's so good <laughs> one scene that like the first time i saw terminator 2 this scene terrified me the nuclear bomb explosion scene. oh what oh, a great yeah, goddamn yeah. scene it's amazing the effects age so well from it it's, absolutely and it's absolutely terrifying absolutely terrifying especially the way hamilton and i'm pretty sure it's her twin sister that is the r.i.p because i believe her sister is no longer with us it way her really? sister yeah i believe i believe her twin sister is uh-huh. no longer with us in fact you know strange side of my brother got into a, a car accident when he was like at six and the nurse that treated him uh was sarah Connor's sister i was She's a nurse in south jersey I was a trash man in Mount Laurel for three years and I picked up her trash because she lived That's in right. Mount Laurel. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and never saw her in person, but yeah. And gave my brother like a signed uh, Sarah Connor autographed. She nice. Was, she, was, she was, yeah, she's a real sweetheart. So I yeah, hope, I hope that's not true. But, um, but yeah, but she, she, I believe, plays waitress Sarah in that scene. Right. Like the one that's playing with the little kid. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have Linda Hamilton herself who plays Sarah Connor herself who gets blown away by that nuclear blast and she's, just melted she's, down she's the still skeleton. screaming as a radioactive skeleton yeah that's it's oh it's yeah, so it's crazy quite, quite haunting it's absolutely nuts and that's what cameron and the, that movie does so well 
there's so much imagery in these well both of these movies like the skull beach scenes and the fact that like the terminator and when franco colombo long time arnold schwarzenegger uh, r.i.p because he just passed um yeah. long time friend uh bodybuilding friend of arnold schwarzenegger one of his best friends the man will say himself slash competitor yeah, yeah. he is the Terminator in the flashback scene in the first one? Right, where yeah, yeah. Kyle is coming home from like a hard day of terminating. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, he's like, like he's snuck in. It must be one of the ones with a, with a plastic skin or whatever. Right. right, right, yeah. The dogs start barking, but there's a scene where he's firing like the minigun. Yeah, actually, the and he's silhouetted with the eyes, just the yeah. eyes, the two red eyes, and it's phenomenal how it that looks, shot. Age like wine. It's so it good, great. but yeah, and then of course in the second one, there's. All there's the bike and uh 18 wheeler chase in the beginning. Mm -hmm. There is the uh there's the 18 wheeler again at the end, and then there's like it, but it's like the nitroglycerin truck with like the chicken shack truck basically that they're in that our heroes are in. Then when the Terminator, when the T1000 gets completely blood shattered and nitroglycerin, and then the heat warm, the lava warms him back up, and the steel, like the molten steel, he forms back up. Famously parodied in Hot Shots Part Two, mm -hmm. like all of these movies, like the like the shot through the eye, the bullet through the eye, where his eye reforms, mm -hmm. that was in The Simpsons. You know, all right. of these movies were just parodied. The T1000 in Wayne's World. Exactly. And he's, and yeah, and Robert Patrick's Have in you seen Wayne's this World. Boy? Right. Ah, ah. Like, it's it, every <laughs> scene of both of these movies are just so iconic. And every single one you can attribute to not just James Cameron being a great director, but also Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. And just his power. And even though stuff with the T1000 and Robert Patrick is played so well that when you look at it, you go, you can't not see these as iconic movie moments right and arnold schwarzenegger is nothing if not a career of great legendary movie moments yeah, like the yeah. guys everywhere and, make and, and big up to robert patrick for holding his own and like making his his character a seminal yep. you know unique take it wasn't just like he's like second banana to yeah. uh yeah and hey seeing from michael bean also love that that's like kind of a tragedy you know, his, yeah, his Michael story. B. I, I yeah. really don't know the particulars of it, but like, yeah, like after uh, after Tombstone, after Johnny Ringo, he really—I uh, don't know if it went down like like the bottle. He was in the Rock. Bob. He was in the Rock, which we will talk about next month because oh, I thought you were saying like he was into the Rock, like <laughs> yeah. uh, him in the Rock. No, him in the Rock. Right, and Johnson right, yeah. were in a relationship a for a while. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the Rock doesn't want to talk about it, but he dated mm -hmm. Michael Bean for a while. You've heard it here first. Mm -hmm. But no, he was, he was in The Rock. And then recently, if anyone's a Mandalorian fan, he was in an episode of The Mandalorian really? season two. It's the one that's basically a samurai movie. He's the guy that stands off with um, The Mandalorian. He stands off with um, Jin Jaren or whatever the fuck his real name is. But um, yeah, he's, uh, he's done some things. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it was a matter of just a career that peaked in the 90s like early 90s and it was just kind of like yeah, something I, happened I, I think you got into the substances that's 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 yeah. what, uh, can't say for sure yeah. in case like case things are we case this becomes a podcast of record but <laughs> <laughs> don't don't quote me, don't quote me. Don't quote me. <laughs> no, but also there's a uh, an image of him with a gun that uh you know for those of us that were again might be a little before you have to google this mike <laughs> but if you were an owner of Nintendo's Metal Gear, oh, he was yeah. Snake in Metal Gear. Like he was the image. Oh, I've played Metal the, Gear. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Right, I, right. I, the, I mean, but I mean, the, you wouldn't have bought the Nintendo cartridge Metal yeah, Gear. The original. <laughs> no, I played the image. 
I played Metal Gear on PlayStation. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. No, this is like I'm talking about like Metal Gear, the OG Metal Gear, 1988. Yeah. And uh the image for Snake was Michael Bean in Terminator. The the Jap the Konami used his image yeah. as uh, as uh, Snake. And yeah, I did just look it up. Leslie Hamilton is in fact uh, other Sarah, and she did just pass last year. Oh my gosh! But, um, Rest in peace. Yeah, RIP. Sweetheart. Yeah, she died in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. So she's obviously still living in the Devonshire neighborhood, which is where I picked up her trash. <laughs> but um. She had very uh, good trash. She was good with her trash. She didn't okay. just throw shit in a trash can and say, call it trash, you know? She had bags. <laughs> you looked through her scissors trash, anyway. I looked through it. I, I, kept, I kept mementos. No. <laughs> but, yeah, it's... it's And then, of course, in, in talking about T2, you can't not talk about the fact that, you know, the whole Miles Dyson scene, where it's kind of like, you know, Sarah's going to the house just to murder a man in front of his family. And then, in the way they prove it, that everything's legit is that John Connor looks at the term. He goes, he tosses him a knife and says, show him. And then he's like, come on. You know, the, I forget the, the son's name. He's like, come on, show me a room. Show me a room. He gets the little kid out of right, there right. as the Terminator cuts off the skin of his arm and pulls off and reveals the metal robot arm. It's they such look, a great they, scene. The, the yeah. effects look awesome. They're, They're phenomenal. They are flawless. And, and like listening to uh, Dyson's wife, like, oh, yeah. You know, like now listen to me very carefully. Yep. Esopatha yeah. Murkison, you know, I think Law and Order has become her big deal. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, oh yeah. And then of course we mentioned it in Predator, the goddamn score of T2. Oh yeah, it's amazing. So this, that's something good. <laughs> so one thing I usually do before the podcast is I try to see if they do you know the channel on YouTube does cinema sins. I try to watch the cinema wins because I feel like they helped me recognize things that maybe I wouldn't have recognized on the first watch through yeah. that are really good about the movie. And I like I feel like I never realized until recently, like I've never quite listened to this for the score as much as I do now. It's so good. Like it is so good that dun 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 dun. Have either of you guys been on the technically canon ride at Universal Studios? I have not. No, I haven't been okay. to Universal Studios I since mean, high school. <laughs> I mean, I, well, back in the day, back in the day, we went on the Universal Studios, the Terminator, Terminator the Ride. Yeah, no, that's, the, that's what I'm talking about. James it's been Cameron. there since 1994. Oh, I might have been oh, okay. then. I don't remember. Yeah. They been. they just took it like it just recently closed and now I think yeah. they're they're doing a Jason Bourne ride. Ugh, dumb. I mean, what are we what are we talking about here? I mean, we'll probably get into Bourne in a minute or two, but what are we doing here? You, you can't make a Jason Bourne fucking ride. <laughs> well, I think they're doing like an action show, like they did with Terminator. Oh, okay. I'll just say, what what do you like? Still, Halfway through the roller coaster, you have to change identities in Berlin. Like, what uh, do you have uh, to do? Yeah, like to me, it's just like, yeah, I, I just I wouldn't have thought of that to have been as been like a ride issue. Absolutely, not. Like, like Hobbs and Shaw the ride. <laughs> of course. Well, they did the open up Fast right. and the Furious. They did open up the Fast and the Furious ride in Universal. Uh, well, they would yeah. have to. I mean, I feel like they have it, to. It's honestly the worst ride there. Probably, I hate yeah. that ride. Of course, it is, so. this, this ride's about family. <laughs> yeah, they, they make you chug a Corona before going on it. They literally have you count, like you can count how many times they say "family." I think you need five hands, and it is not <laughs> that long of a ride. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> both hands, both feet. <laughs> Your friends' hands and feet. <laughs> but um, all right. So well, now that we've mentioned it, we've we've I think thoroughly discussed our Arnold uh, segment. Now we're going to get into just some general non-Arnold action movies that we absolutely love. Now for the for the I list, had the hardest no. time distinguishing what I would qualify for this list because like. I tried to exclude most general sci-fi. Like sci-fi mm. is fine, but action has to be the focus. Star Wars is not an action movie. Uh, yeah, fantasy is fine, but action has to be the focus. Like Lord of the Rings is not an action movie. I barely say it's a movie. Yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> it's a nap. It's a nap <laughs> on film. You're wrong, but okay. <laughs> Listen to our Lord of the Rings uh, episode for my takes on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and Ross ranks it at the bottom of the trilogies. I rank it at the top. Right. Yeah, Mike, are, Mike and I are on opposite sides of the polls for that one. But yeah, I mean, it's like it's like trying to figure. Like we were talking about this before we came on. Like Karen, Steve, and I. It's like, is Jurassic Park an action movie? You know, I, I wouldn't have. I don't think I would qualify that as an. Well, you know, movie. but it's like you know, most of it's action sequences, you know. But it's like what I tried to think of, and then Steve and I were talking, like, is a martial arts movie an action movie? And I would say yes, because yeah, I, I would say there. martial arts movies are action movies. So I'll throw out my first pick, like Enter the Dragon. Yeah, is a phenomenal action movie, and I fucking love it. Like, it's one of the. It was one of the first DVDs I ever bought. It's one of the first Blu-rays I ever bought. Mm. Like, I've I've tried to keep that movie in my movie library as it goes because Enter the Dragon is such an iconic movie, especially an action movie. And Bruce Lee, had he lived, I can't imagine how big an action star he might have been. And even Brandon Lee might have been a fairly large action star, you know, because The Crow. Say what you want about that movie. I love that movie. That's a great movie. I think it's an amazing Very movie. Very dark, but yeah, but it was a perfect, well made. It's a perfect time capsule of its time too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very you know. Now, 1994. <laughs> right, yeah. right. A more recent, very campy, very over the top action movie that I love is Smoke and Aces from 2006. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! I didn't expect Smoke and Aces to ever come up on this podcast. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Revealing your generation Zenus right wow. now. Wow. I mean, you're wow. <laughs> you're zoomering it up right now. I'm, I, I'm just wait, I don't think you. I'm technically Gen Z. I don't know if I'm Gen Z. or I'm either the youngest of the millennials or the oldest of Gen Z. That's like where my year falls. You're the last millennial? Like last, <laughs> it's like the last time, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's time for the millennial to end. Because a lot of people are like, <laughs> like, it, like, with the generational cutoff, people say different years. If it's 1996, then I am literally like the oldest Gen Z because I was born in the beginning of 97. So, so Yoda gave you the millennial texts. The <laughs> millennial texts. And Steve and I are Steve and I are on the other end of that. We're like the either the first year of millennials yeah, we're like, we're like or the, the last of Gen X. We're, we're, we're the T600s we're of millennials with the rubber skin. Exactly, yeah. Uh, we don't have the bad they breath. They were easy in, to spot. We yeah. don't have the bad breath in the living tissue. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. I don't think I've even seen Smoking. I'm, I'm, I'm talking shit about it. Like, That's, it's it's, not, it's by say. no means a good movie, but it's so much fun. And I... It is. Like the doesn't have um you know New York yeah it does have Alicia Keys in it Alicia Keys yeah I would say 
the best part of that movie is there's a trivium song that gets played when I think the Tremor brothers show up. It's an original, I think, ascendancy level trivium uh, song. It's a great song. And like when they come pulling up in their car and it's blast, and I was like, all right, you got me. I'm in. <laughs> and one line that me and my brother have quoted ever since we first saw this movie is, I feel like you're eyeballing me, dog. It's just like a little, I think he's like, oh, yeah. A little, uh, where is he? I'm trying to see who the actor that played him was. Is it Vinny Jones? It's just a little kid just fucking with someone. He's like, I feel like you're eyeballing me, dog. (laughs) I think think Jeremy Piven's in that. Oh, there's like a lot. Like Chris Pine's in it. Ryan Reynolds is in it. Ray Liotta's in it. Yeah, you white, you Ben Affleck. I think he's in it. But uh, yeah, Ben Affleck's in it. Like Ray Liotta, Ryan Reynolds, yeah, uh, Alex Rocco, Wayne Newton, Darren Piven, Ben Affleck, yeah. But this is one of those. (laughs) This is one of those movies. <laughs> this is one of those movies that I'm just like, I love it just because of how absurd the movie actually is. Jesus Christ, it really is everybody in it. You know, you got fucking Andy Garcia, you got Taraji P. Hansen, Alicia Keys, Nestor Carbonell, Chris Pine is oh, one of the yeah. Tremor brothers. M- Mayor uh, Eyeliner. Yeah, Mayor Eyeliner, that's right. Curtis Armstrong, fucking booger. But uh yeah, Joel Edgerton, Jason Bateman. <laughs> there's all come Matthew Fox everybody's all over this movie I must Fuck. have really good catering everybody just showed up for lunch yeah right great craft service for uh, 30 seconds so Steve what about you what uh, what kind of action movie are you taking on I don't I mean I'm, I'm just scoop. I know it's a little bit a little basic kids would say yeah basic but uh, yeah John Wick of course of John course. Wick is the pinnacle of modern action it's probably the, it, it's, it's the best action movie of the past 10 years absolutely easily easily yeah absolutely and even i I haven't met anybody that that watched it that didn't like it right and even the sequels like i know some i know two and three have their detractors i can't say yeah i can't say the same thing about the sequels but the first one yeah yeah but three i mean granted uh, i know a lot of the detractors like the complaints about the sequels are Uh, the fact that right like the lore of the assassin world that we live in because there's no regular people it's just assassins it started to get into matrix territory right okay we're starting to run out of fumes here right but the action starting to get a game of thrones season five territory (laughs) right but the action oh yeah yeah, franchises john wick on it it's insane i'll watch anything with keanu and apparently at some point this year it's supposed to be i believe john wick four and matrix four well, he's filming Matrix. He's been filming Matrix four in right. the uh, Europa. In the Europa. So, what about you, Mike? What do you got? What do you got? You said four so, days. You got anything else? Um, so, I was going to bring up John Wick, but I love the Bourne movies. Like, I feel like they were John Wick about a decade before John Wick. Like, I felt like they were sort of a revival of action that, like, in a period where you're either getting like super over the top, terrible action movies, or and I feel like. The Bourne series did it so well. At least the first three. I mean, I'm not talking about like Jason Bourne, Hawkeye. Bourne. Hey, hey, I, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. Again, as as a kid, I'm in the presence of the holder of the of the Gen of millennial text here. So, uh, I, yo, uh, Steve stands for Bourne Legacy. Hawk Bourne, Hawkeye I, Bourne. I, I thought that Hawkeye was great. Bourne? I, okay. I would have wanted to see a sequel. I, right. I really enjoyed Hawkeye Bourne. I think it's, I think. It, I've only seen it once and I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it nearly as much as like I think that was Born Identity and Born Ultimatum are my two favorite 
of the Bourne uh, yeah. movies. I'll, I'll give you that those are better. I mean, hey, Bourne Legacy was better than fucking Jason Bourne. Yeah. Yeah. And Jason Bourne was such like a, oh, oh, yeah, we're bringing him back. I was like, this sucks. Yeah, he's pudgy and fat. No one cares. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's a cameo in Thor Ragnarok. No one wants the same as Jason Bourne anymore. But like, yeah, so I'm also, I'm looking at my list. Like I mentioned, we mentioned The Matrix. Like The Matrix is a great, it's yeah. a great sci-fi movie. But it's also there's some great there's great action in it too. Like oh yeah, I don't know if I'd oh, first yeah. classify it as action. It's definitely more hard sci-fi, but it's there got, is a lot of action. There's a lot of great action, and I think if you want to look at the sequels, that freeway chase scene in the second one is phenomenal. That's an amazing action sequence in that. But in that first one, yeah, that first action scene, the the bank scene especially. Yeah, exactly. It's so good and. Again, that's Keanu, like our modern action. And it, it came out of nowhere. Like nobody saw yep. it. They didn't see it coming. Exactly. And it, it, was, it was just, yeah. It, 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 I, um, I'm ripping off of Robert Downey Jr. when he was talking about it. It was like, it, it was like a new myth had been created. Like, yeah. You really wish they hadn't made the sequels because like, as a standalone movie, yep. it was really that original and that good. And still has, uh, you know, still has layers and, and uh, yep. lessons to teach today. Yeah, and then of course there's obviously you know there's a, then there's like you know Con Air, and we'll get more into Con Air when it comes into March because we're doing our uh, we're we're doing a whole month to the legend. We're dedicating a month to the legend, and uh, we'll get to it when we tease uh, at the end of the episode. But then of course there's like is Raiders of the Lost Ark an action movie? Yeah, I, I was gonna. I, say don't, that. I think it's that. I, it's. I think it is. I, think I, I understand. I, that's yeah. very fringe for me. Like that's one that I'm not sure I would have included as much as I love it. Right, it's, but it's like action adventure. Is like what it is, you know. Yeah. And but I almost consider it more like Universal inven- Studios like set pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I consider it more adventure than action. I can see that. I can see that. So what else you got on your list, Mike? Well, so I really. Look, these are two longer running franchises that I'm going to bring up, but I'm going to bring up specific movies. I love Skyfall for uh, Bond, for Bond, Bond. and then (laughs) I love uh, oh god, where is it? Why can't I think of the last Mission Impossible Fallout? I love Mission Impossible Fallout. I have all of the Mission Impossible movies on my list, I think they're all great. Two's Two sucks, but it's still a good action movie. Is it like, three that has a uh, that has Philip Seymour Hoffman as yep. the bad guy? Because like his Seymour is like, I'm gonna hurt you. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the first one's Brian De Palma, and it's awesome. You know, again, you want to talk about movies that have had scenes completely parodied and ripped off in iconic scenes. That disc stealing scene, you know, where Tom Cruise is hanging flat, you know, hanging above the floor, you know. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, you know, Ghost, Mission Possible Two. Not great, but it's John Woo, so it's still got some great action in it. Mm-hmm. You know, Philip Seymour Hoffman in three. Then you got Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and Fallout, of course. You know, Fallout's amazing. And, of course, it's it's basically like – I forget where I heard it, but I heard it somewhere. It's kind of like – it's like Tom Cruise slowly committing suicide on screen. <laughs> you know, eventually, <laughs> eventually he's going to kill himself and making one of those movies. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's getting up there. The but, HGH only to go so far. Right. Yeah, well, you know, the – you know, the, uh, the Thetans, you know, and that guy are off the chart. So, you know, he's going to survive based on his uh, Scientology underwear alone That's or right. whatever. We're all going to be <laughs> fuel for his spaceship. Right. So what else you got, Steve? Um, uh, hmm, what do I throw in there? I mean, I got to throw in Point Break. 
I can keep there you go. Keenum. Of course. I mean, it, it really is that, that actually, like, man, it, again, it's something that like, it's 30 years old now. It yeah, aged. It is. Holy shit. Wonderfully. You're right. Wonderfully. Completely, you know, and not even as like a nostalgia piece. It was just. And we talked about it getting, we talked about it getting parodied a couple weeks ago in our Cornetto trilogy episode. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, it also survived a horrible remake. You never showed your gun to the edge. Oh! (laughs) It survived a horrible remake. That fucking YouTube X Games movie was As the Total Recall. Exactly. The best part is, and you got to find it. I think it's um Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's like it's like I think it's Vanity or GQ where he talks about his iconic roles. He talks about uh, Quaid in Total Recall, mm-hmm. and he even mentions. Quaid. He even says like, "I think they tried to remake it. How stupid is that?" It's like, all right. Even the original man knows that that was a fucking mistake. You know? <laughs> like, what were you thinking? Now having fun. <laughs> yeah, good. Now we're having fun. If you're me, then you you've got the, the hell am I? Your head. Right. All right. All right. Mike, hit me. What do you so, got? So this is if we qualify this as an action movie, this is actually what I think is the best action movie of the last 10 years. The babysitter. And one? Max Fury Road. Ah, oh, I was gonna mention that at some point. Yeah. It's so good. It's I mean, it's good. I th- you wouldn't call that an action movie? Oh no, I would. I would better than John Wick. Well, no, yeah. I, mean, uh, I can't. Uh, I, so I think John Wick to... pulls off the action aspects better, but if I'm talking overall movie, which do I think is better? I think it's Mad Max Fury Road. It's it's absolutely a toss-up. It really is. But I think for me, it's two different versions of an action movie. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's fighting, choreography, Krav Maga, martial arts, whatever, mm-hmm. and like intrigue versus practical stunts out the ass and like really just a created world of a movie mm-hmm. now you can drop john wick into any city in the world and have it be john wick mm-hmm. you can't look at max and uh, mad max fury road and be like this can be substituted for like fast and the furious like no this no. is mad max fury road and these guys are like they're they're fucking like the pole cats that are doing their poles those are mm-hmm. all real people doing their stunts when the cars are flipping, there's there's not much CGI added. All I'm saying, there. I expected. Right, all I'm, there. all I'm saying is there's a reason Mad Max Fury Road was nominated for the best picture that year, and it was a pretty weak class, but Mad Max should have beat out first. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I forget <laughs> what it beat, but it should have. And I, if you're going to go by that, I mean, really, John Wick has everything an Oscar movie wants to. Yeah. It's got, it's got a dead animal. It's got a dead wife. It's got a revenge. It's got a man with emotion that used to not be an emotional man. He, it's like it's then, all there. All of the <laughs> okay, me saying that I think Mad Max Fury Road is the best action movie of the last ten years is not me saying anything against John Wick necessarily. I'd put John Wick at number two behind Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I mean, even like if even since the Academy loves to have their like little racial things, like John Wick's got a black sidekick. The guy that runs the Continental. He's well, got it. And, and uh, John Leguizamo. <laughs> and uh, Leguizamo. Leguizamo. Yeah, it's a very diverse cast. Mm-hmm. He's even got Ian McShane, who I believe is what? British? <laughs> I <Yeah>. think yes. <laughs> and you, have, uh, you have Theon in there, who is British. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you got great. Playing a Russian man, so it's right. got the political uh, injury that it needs. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. It's... And the Russian, yeah. The Russian. Right. Did you hear fucking what I said? <laughs> 
the fucking nobody <laughs> the fucking nobody that nobody <laughs> that that scene i my absolute favorite line in john wick he's like you struck my son may i ask you why he's like oh he he stole john wick's car and he killed, killed his dog and he just goes oh oh Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, it is. It's so good. Like they set up a terrifying movie. protagonist so well in that movie. Yeah, it's it's like the the man is clearly a murderer. And he's a murderous psychopath, <laughs> but you you side with him because he's a human. In the end, well, he killed dog. <laughs> right, killed his dog. But like then, obviously, since we're talking about Arnold, we have to mention Stallone. Like we did a couple times, but, but at the same he was time, beat me too. I was just saying. I was just saying, Demolition Man. I was gonna say first blood part two. No, there you go. But like demolition man. Murdoch. <laughs> I, got, I have like a mic stand too. Where I can do the thing where he's just <laughs> coming to get you. Yeah. Just basically, basically, it's like Rambo wins Vietnam. Right. Do we, yeah. get, do we get to win this time, sir? Right. And then Rambo three, he wins the Gulf War. Right. <laughs> Rambo uh, Rambo four, he kind of wins Vietnam again. Yeah, sort of destroys Laos, and then know. Rainbow Five, Last Blood. No one should ever he, watch he it, but he destroys Mexico. Right. Destroys the cartels. <laughs> but in Demolition Man, you get two guys. Mm. You get Schwarzenegger, not Schwarzenegger. You get Stallone, and of course you get Dennis Leary. No, I'm talking about Wesley Snipes. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. He is another. You know, you want to talk about another action star that never gets mentioned with action stars is Wesley fucking Snipes. Yeah, I definitely would have put Blade on this list. Absolutely, I, really. You know, I know it's a comic book movie. But still, I would count it. Yeah, Passenger Fifty Seven. You know, the dude's always bet on black. Rising yeah. Sun. You know, yeah. that's that's a very underrated mm-hmm. Sean Connery Wesley yeah. Snipes joint right there. Kohai. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. Just to hear Sean Connery say Kohai, it's yeah. kind of worth the price of admission alone. Yeah. But Demolition Man is one of my favorite fucking movies to watch, especially for Wesley Snipes' Simon Phoenix. And then, of course, you get Dennis Leary just being Dennis Leary in the 90s, like doing his stand-up bits. (laughs) But it's so good. It's such a great action movie that, of course, probably a nice look into our future. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't say too far off from our ideal future coming up. find (laughs) one credit for using profanity. Right, exactly. And Taco Bell is now (laughs) Ross Bacon, you'll find one credit for violation of you fucking asshole you piece of shit and i'm gonna use all these tickets to wipe my ass because i don't know how the three seashells work (laughs) but yeah demolition man is one of my favorites it's it's such a junk food movie but it's such a great like 90s action movie yeah it's so entertaining super entertaining that's really ultimately that's what you want exactly i really like there's something to be said like that was my criticism back when we were talking about batman with regards to my only issue with the Dark Knight is that it's just not as rewatchable to me, right? As as you know, the other two Batman movies, like that, again, that's. I can see that, and I'm, I'm just it's, I'm, I'm speaking some dangerous. <laughs> I know I'm in I dangerous. I'm in, I'm in, right I'm in enemy, enemy enemy territory right now, talking that way. I am very close to you, <laughs> but uh, yeah. we all know my opinion on the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that is the greatest movie of all time. Go on, yeah, cut the mic. <laughs> Hate that movie. Hate cut the mic. Movie. <laughs> cut the mic. Yeah, we'll do it live. Mute him, mute him. All right, so Mike, what else you got? You got anything else? All right, so since we, 
All right, so I actually have a list of movies that are Asia from Asia. We all know I love my Korean, my Japanese, and my Chinese movies. Mike's been trying to defect to Japan since the beginning of this podcast. Well, I guess kids, people your age, you're a big K-pop fan, right? That's right. (laughs) No, (laughs) but I'm gonna bring up. So I'm gonna bring up Yojimbo from the If you count Kurosawa, okay. I love Kurosawa. And uh, I don't know if you count Yojimbo as an action movie per se. In the 60s, I'm sure it was considered one. Yeah. But that's like a quintessential samurai movie. I'm going to bring up Battle Royale, which is basically, it's like, it came before the Hunger Games, but it's very similar concept to the Hunger Games, but with guns and a lot of blood and sex. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that. Um, and then in terms of like uh, martial arts movies, I'm going to bring up Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, that's great, a good one. great martial arts movie. That is a good one, yeah. But like, yeah, and, and well, speaking of blood, like, um, well, <laughs> speaking of that, but speaking of martial arts movies, like Bloodsport, like, you, I mean, again, we, we mentioned JCVD, John Claude. He's another of like the other action stars you know you got your Schwarzenegger's your Stallone's your Jean-Claude Van Damme's mm-hmm. you got your Seagal's you know your Wesley Snipes but with Bloodsport and then there's Time Cop Time Cop, you beat me. <laughs> Time Cop is such a great goddamn movie I, I don't even know what else to say about it you just need yeah. to see Time Cop it's such a great fucking movie <laughs> yeah. Ferris Bueller's girlfriend plays his wife that's right that's right <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's it's just phenomenal. The, the quest, which is basically a more combat <laughs> ripoff. Yeah, the quest. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. If Carol was on this on this episode, she would give a nice little fun story about how she was forced to watch the quest in theaters by her friend Eric. She's never been able to watch a John McCall Van Damme movie ever since. Oh. <laughs> that was in the nineties. <laughs> Although I feel like we got to mention Die Hard. We did a whole episode dedicated to how oh, much we love Die Hard. I was I was just about to bring that up. Yeah. Directed by the Predators. McTiernan. Yeah, John McTiernan. Yep. But it's, it's sad, too, looking at his career, because he goes from that to, I headed up, to, like, the 13th Warrior to oh, wow. to Basic. I think that was the last movie he directed. Basic? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, how, <laughs> the bigger they that are, the, sucks. the harder they fall. You want to talk about your Basic? <laughs> but, yeah, it's... it's yeah. Rollerball. Oh, God. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, Die Hard is unfortunately it's also one of those franchises that's like still going. Yeah. You know, he's because he's even planning Die Hard Six. The I think McLean, is, I think they're gonna call yeah, it. Yeah. Oh god, are they doing the fucking Jason Bourne thing? We're just gonna call it John McLean. But again, too, it's like I'd rather see a movie about Holly at this point. <laughs> between the, the Mortal Kombat trailer that just came out, and what was the other trailer that came out too? It's like yeah, the the create the, the creative well has been is bone dry. Well, there's Godzilla versus Kong. All they're doing is just remaking shit and just re. Hey, remember that? Like even what came out this week. Oh, hey, remember Clarice from Silence of the Lambs? Oh, fuck that! Now show. she's got her own show. Clarice. Fuck that show. That and the Equalizer. <laughs> fuck them both. All right, and you're just like, who, who cares? Like, yeah. Oh, you do you want to know about the other? Well, to me, it was you know, Frank. Again, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna turn to it. But it was like that was the deal with like Gotham. Hey, you want to know what happened? Before Batman? No, Not really. I, I don't, don't care. I don't. I'm the biggest Batman <laughs> fan in the world, and I don't give a shit. 
yeah. <laughs> that show was such a hate watch for me. Yeah, you, 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 you were like, the, you know, they must have like counted you for like a million viewers. I think you were the only one keeping it alive. I think I was. I was probably the only one seasons. that watched every goddamn episode, yeah. and I was disappointed. Till the end. You and like all the all the airports in like North Dakota. Right? <laughs> yeah, every one. Every dentist office, you yeah. know, just had that on in the background. <laughs> People were watching that like they had like Fox like business on next to it. Yeah. What's my Jim Cramer stock situation? Oh, look, Gotham's on too. <laughs> right, and I think that speaks to the appeal from like John Wick too. Is that like though it's like it seems like it's a pretty tropey story. It still has its own you know mythology to it and its own like interesting character. Yeah. Like it's original. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, you know, if you, if you don't want to dig too deep below the surface, but hey, I'll, it's more original than most of the shit that comes out now. So. True, true. That yeah, true. so what? I think that's what's unique about a lot of these action movies that we're talking about. Like each one is kind of like unique in its own, it, though it seems like it's kind of like a pretty retread. It's almost like the um, the roller coaster of movie types. Yeah, but I, I do have still be two. artistically. What's that? I have two more that I did want to bring up. Go for it. Go for it. Snowpiercer, one of my all-time favorite movies. Action, though? Did you you watch it? Of course I watched it, but would it be? That's like saying Old Boy is an action movie. I I know it's hard to, like, again, that was, I felt it's hard to pick what qualifies as an action movie, but, like, the most of the major sequences are action sequences in it. That's true. That's true. I can see that. Yeah, and then Leon the Professional. You really thought it was an action movie? I don't, yeah, I don't know how much of an action movie that is. Judges. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait until the Veto. judges give us. We'll wait. We'll wait until the imaginary judges give us their response. <laughs> but um, I told you, I had a hard time picking what I thought qualified as an action movie. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about a movie that has a great memorable line, which is yeah. you know everyone. <laughs> but like yeah it's oh boondock I saints know. i gotta bring up boondock saints yeah uh, okay. do you though you wanna, <laughs> i do you wanna, do you uh, though <laughs> i do i was in college too mike i thought it yeah. was good I, for I, a year I, I, I was gonna say never mind he's a millennial <laughs> <laughs> i remember thinking it was good when it came out and then i remember seeing it a second time <laughs> hey it's all about entertainment and i think Thomas, it's entertaining Thomas. I, I I will give it that the, that first movie, as much as you think about that Troy Duffy dude or whatever the fuck his name is, that's actually a great documentary to watch. The one that's about him that we're like, he completely shits the bed like overnight and kills his own career like almost immediately. Yeah. But the, the weird thing is with him is like, what the fuck was that sequel? You know, like what I, were I you mean, thinking, dude? <laughs> you know, you're a. I've never seen this. I've never that. seen this sequel all the way through. Don't bother. It's absolutely yeah. It's it's worth it not watching at all. You know, it's mm-hmm. like this is garbage. I don't need this. Um, this is garbage. Why am I wasting my time? But mm-hmm. like, it's like going back and rewatching that first one. It's kind of like, I get it. This is a De Palma Tarantino kind of ripoff, but like, it's 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 fine now but like mm-hmm. i i definitely held it as more of like a, hey this is pretty good in college and then it's like that second time you're like wait this doesn't quite hold up <laughs> but it, no it definitely doesn't hold up and it's definitely not a great movie but the nostalgia and the enjoyment i still get from watching it <laughs> i can see that and and i think that's a lot of for me with action movies most of my favorite action movies that i go back to you know the john wicks and the fury roads of the world like 
the, in the Mission Impossibles, especially because they span a couple decades. Oh, yeah, lethal weapon. And lethal, yeah, of course, lethal weapon, you know, taken to a certain extent. Yeah. It's like all of these movies are like they're the they're the more modern ones, I consider it. But my favorites are obviously all gonna be Arnold movies, but most of them are gonna be like Stallone at his yeah. his, his silliest or at res in first blood which is phenomenal just as a great movie in general. And then you get, you know, your couple Van Dams here and there, even if we're, since we mentioned that moron, we're going to mention him again, Seagal. There's like, you know, under siege is fun. You know, really? this episode should be titled Arnold slash Seagal. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then like Gary Busey. And Busey. Yeah. It's there's, there's a lot of like eighties and nineties action movies. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to think of like they live to an extent. Oh yeah, and I was gonna say Big Trouble in Little China. Big Trouble in Little China, stuff like I mean, that. That's a little well, bit basically anything thing. with Kurt Russell in like the earlier part of his career, like yeah. Escape oh, from yeah. New York type. Yeah, and then it's like there's there's a lot of stuff out there where like I think peak action absolutely happened in the late 80s or maybe just the 80s and 90s. I would say that's peak action. Yeah. That's when you had your action stars where like you could say Schwarzenegger, Stallone and Van Damme and you knew what kind of movie you were getting. Right. You were not going to get, you know, a think piece. <laughs> this is not going to create articles. We're going to get movies where it's like, fuck, this is amazing. Well, it, it was still a time where like you could go. I, I mean, I think it's just too like people like dopamine receptors are just burned out like in, you know, in the 21st century. Like you could go see speed and be like, this is like a roller coaster to ride you know where it's like first of all just trying to get somebody to sit still in a movie theater to watch a movie right. it's gonna be a tall order these days but not even just sit still just get them in a theater right <laughs> but let, let alone to have them have that kind of a visceral experience that you would have had in the 90s where yeah i mean it really was much more it felt like more you know it's not like we we're like voyeuristic like well i'm, I'm seeing this like it was like this weird unique experience yeah. that you could only get in the movie theater whereas yep. like now people and i get it like it, why yeah it's the same with sporting events well why go deal with all that bullshit when right. i can just watch it you know my awesome yeah. big screen like you know that wasn't that option really just wasn't that that viable back then yeah and it really was unique it's uh you, you you can hear people like Tarantino wax on about it a lot more nostalgic than I ever could just about like what was lost. I mean, that's what's kind of sad. If you ever see Grindhouse, I think what he was trying to go for with that movie was, you know, the appeal of, Hey, like spend it. Like, I mean, I think it would be the, like us and the people that would listen to this podcast, you could spend half a day at a, at a movie theater and watch like a double feature and, you know, not check your phone 500,000 times yeah. and, and just, just like a lot of things, you know, what there's no more bookstore, there's no more, you know, there's no more video the rental store. I'm old, god damn, these kids, we were old, right? Me and my friends were joking around because, like, the yesterday thing I brought up, I'm like, that is a business fueled on nostalgia for our kids. I was like, do you think it would be feasible to open up a this, like? a block like a modern blockbuster just fueled on nostalgia as a small business and be successful only yeah. if it involves alcohol yeah you have yeah, to you gotta involve to alcohol like yesterday's is uh yesterday's is byob right you'd have to that's it's i think that's what you have to do you'd have to make it in like, philadelphia exactly they did yeah i mean yeah that's the only way you'll get you know, 50 cents to play uh, x-men right you or know. like that uh, teenage mutant ninja turtles game right or, you know where if I, if I have like a you know a 
Jack and Coke in my system. Well. Right. Yeah, you'd have you'd have to involve like a brewery or something like that. But yeah, it's like a brewery that like rents Blu-rays or. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot, of those, a lot of those breweries have uh, board games. True. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nuts. You know, like the yeah the the age the golden age of action movies were absolutely Arnold Schwarzenegger's golden age. So it's that's probably the best way to yeah. stop with or end this this portion of the podcast where now we're just going to get into shameless self-promotion start crying (laughs) yeah now it's portion where we cry for 10 minutes about how they no longer make commando Uh. (laughs) it's just going to be like a primal scream where we're just going to get it all out at once (laughs) but so in the meantime until we have our next week mike where can people find us on the internet so social media, we are on Instagram and Facebook at Happy Hour Films Podcast. And you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, if you join, if you go to our Facebook page, you look at our Anchor link, you're going to find all kinds of crazy uh, places to go uh, listen to our podcast. Overcast this. Check out, check out the MySpace page. The, uh, <laughs> the Tumblr. We, should... um, <laughs> the, we, have a, we have a blogger. We, we have a blog. Yeah, we have a four square page for some reason. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, like on there. we're on Tinder yeah. just swiping right, trying to just promote ourselves yeah. to people. Right. There's actually a guy standing on a street corner somewhere. We don't know where he is, but he's spinning a sign. Right. <laughs> we're just like, yeah, we're not sure where he's going. Right. We don't know. We just we contracted. Well, he could be anywhere. One size for, for, for a furniture store. One size. <laughs> right. We don't. We the don't other know. Sides for us. Yeah, I mean, you'll get a decently priced recliner <laughs> at the same time, but you know, yeah. then you can listen to us while you're sitting in that recliner. Exactly. But yeah, so, <laughs> so again, once again, Steve, so this is number three for you, I think. So you are almost at Tyler territory, I almost. think. But Tyler's coming Tyler's on next. Appearances. Is, is, is Tyler an imaginary? No, Tyler he's Durden? Tyler he, Durden. He's our almost third uh, host of this show. Oh, okay. well, Tyler yeah. is coming on next week. He'll be on next week, so he's going to have one up one yet. I think Carrie might be a three. Ah. Carrie might be a three or four. We don't know. Carrie says, "Yeah, I think she's. I think at she's three. a three or four. Yeah. So we do have a quiet boy compared to me. Are you a fucking quiet boy compared to me. Yeah." Yeah, everybody watch uh, End of Days and only enjoy that scene because the rest is garbage. Yeah, just look, at, just look up that scene on YouTube. Our, right. our, okay. most, our most viewed episode of the podcast is Denzel Washington, and I am convinced that that is because of how many times we had callbacks to Ricochet. People are like, <laughs> shit, now I got to go back and watch this episode. Speaking <laughs> of great action movies, you know, uh, watch Ricochet and pretend it's an action movie. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's, we, yeah, it's, uh, we we do love our repeat guests and Steve, you've been great. So thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. It's been a good time. So next week we have an in-between week. We didn't have it last uh between <clears throat> January and February, but we're gonna do an in-between week this time. So we're gonna do an in-between love trilogy, I guess we'll call it. And we're gonna <laughs> do the money, we're gonna do some Monty Python movies, is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do probably Holy Grail, Life of Brian, and Mini Life is probably yep. what we're gonna talk about. <laughs> Can't like wait. Said, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about other things with Tyler. But to tease what we're gonna have coming for you in March, it's uh, I'm calling it right now. I'm gonna coin the phrase "cage madness." I'm gonna call it that. So uh, you could probably take a wild guess as being a movie podcast who we're gonna be talking about in the month of March, and uh, it's gonna be Gary Sinise. That's who we're <laughs> so obviously. 
I think Nicolas everyone knows Cage. Yeah, we're gonna, we're we're going Nicholas Cage. You're gonna get caged the entire month of March. We're gonna get me cage. We're gonna get me cage. But uh, so, it's a cage match. Right, exactly. <laughs> so in the meantime, I have been Ross Bacon. I've been Mike McGlagan. We'll see you guys next time. So long. Hasta la vista, baby.